wasn't the smoothest outro I've ever done for the live stream, but you know, we're here. I was a little quick. You know, I was going over and then my mouse, my mouse just kind of got caught on my thumb and then instead of fading, it was a quick cut. Mm. Music just up and disappeared. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. It's another Technical Alpha podcast. It's Thursday, October the 1st, 2000. Two zero. I hope you're all doing well. We've got another good show lined up for you today, and by that I mean we're going to attempt to stretch out three pieces of news into an entire podcast. And let me tell you, if there's anyone up to the task, it's Technical Alpha. We can make it happen. I'm not going to lie. I'm staring at my OBS right now because Dodgepong, in the last update that just pushed out today, Dodgepong updated the audio... Uh, like the audio fucking meters to be 60 hertz instead of 30. And so it's blowing my mind seeing the audio meter at 60 FPS instead of 30 FPS. It's so fluid! Mm. Makes literally no difference, but you know, it's the small things in life. It's the small things in life. Um, well, before we get started, let me just minimize all these things. Press full screen over here. Head on over here, press that button, we're hopping, we're, we're, <laughs> oh, I'm fucking dead tired today, by the way. I'm pretty uh, tired, I'm <laughs> actually pretty tired today too, so, yeah, yeah, my brain, I'm not putting together sentences that make any sense, I basically, I basically, I went to sleep last night, I was dead tired, went to sleep last night, and I had one of those nights where I did nothing but dream, the mm. entire night, and I woke up, and I felt like I just lived four lifetimes, and I'd experienced every single one of them in my dreams, and I was so tired. Uh, but uh, regardless, before we get hopping and, and popping, as I as I somehow decided to say before, Mr. Black, already knowing at least 90% of the answer to this question, how was your week? Pretty dog shit this week. Yes. Pretty dog shit. Uh, <clears throat> last, uh, last podcast, actually, I... I think I mentioned about Max um, not doing so hot. And uh, we were planning on taking him in uh, to the vet. Actually, I was planning on taking him in on Monday, but Kayla had already made the call while I was uh, doing the podcast. And she had made it for the next morning. But I had a dentist appointment that morning uh, at the same time. And we don't take Kai anywhere just because, like, the Ronin stuff, we just... You know, he can't wear a mask. He just, no. you know, so it ain't happening. Right. So, um, got off the, uh, yeah, got off, got off of the podcast. Um, <clears throat> Max was still acting weird. Um, so I was like, fuck this. I'm not waiting, uh, until Monday. I can't make it till tomorrow. So, uh, let's just take him to a vet tonight. Mm. So we called like three different places, but all the vet places were pretty much closed. Um, so we had to, we called up two 24 hour hot vet hospitals. Mm. One of them could get him in at like 20 to 11. So I was like, I'll just take him out, uh, up then. Um, yeah, got him packed up, took him down, uh, got there. <clears throat> I don't know if I mentioned in the podcast last week or not, but we thought maybe it was his teeth. Um, because like his teeth are, are bad. He has like a hard time eating the the hard food so he always eats the soft food so what what i was thinking was okay like worst case scenario we have to get like a tooth or two removed 
because we had had his teeth uh, checked out in the past, and they're like, you know, it might get to the point where you have to remove a tooth or something. So maybe we thought that's why he wasn't eating, but he was also acting like really weird. Um, so a uh, doctor looked at him, or an intern looked at him, or whatever. And uh, they're like, yeah, he's, he's, you know, he's got no muscle. Like, he's literally skin and bones, essentially. Uh, looking frail as fuck. Um, asked how long he wasn't eating. Basically, was like the last day, day and a half. Like, he really didn't eat the last day. But he was drinking water. And it seemed like he had some kind of energy. Like, he wasn't, like, completely out of it. But definitely wasn't himself. And uh, he's like, okay, well, you know, we're probably going to have to do some blood work. We might have to have him here overnight and put him on some fluids and stuff. But I'll bring the doctor in. So the doctor, the, the actual vet come in and uh, she took a look at him and said, like, uh, spine feels fine, but there his uh, his kidney area feels swollen. So we should get an ultrasound um, and um, an x-ray is done. It's like, OK, that's no problem. So they go and do that. Fifteen minutes later. Uh, and I just had this feeling. So when they were gone, it was just Max and I just chilling in the room. Uh, Max was just still acting weird. Like, he would come sit beside me and just kind of lay there beside me. He's just not like that. Like, if anybody knows my cat, he's just, he's, he's a very, like, I don't know. It's hard to explain. But, uh, I, and at that point, like, the way he was sitting beside me and this, and he was purring, like, he was just, you know, just chilling. I just had this feeling like, this, is, this ain't going to be good. And then, like, five minutes later, she come in. She's like, uh, you know, I have some bad news. Like, I'm, I'm happy you got the ultrasound done, but he's got two big tumors on his kidneys. Um, and I was thinking, okay, well, I asked her like, are they cancerous? And she's like, yes, very much so. And, uh, he probably has one to two weeks left to live, um, tops. And we had two options. It was either, uh, put him on steroids, uh, and some, some sort of other medication, uh, and like basically keep him alive for our benefit for the next, you know, like she said, maybe two weeks. Um, and that was sort of on the high end. Uh, or we we put him down, um, and he doesn't suffer anymore. Um, so that's what we ended up doing. So anyway, put put Max down was the toughest thing I ever did. I I I was like honestly, <clears throat> I love my pets. I love all my pets. And if somebody would have told me it was gonna suck that much, uh, I knew it was gonna suck, but it really sucked. Like really, really sucked. Like, uh, you know, being there and they asked me, like, did you want to did you want to be there with him? And I was, of course, I want to be there. But I didn't really know mentally what I was set my like getting myself into, you know. So anyway, I won't even go through the whole process. It was dog shit. And um, yeah, that 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 was that was pretty much the show. Um, and that that's it. We picked his remains up yesterday. Um or day before yesterday. Yeah, I think it was the day before. I think I saw the day M before. showed me the picture on, on our phone. Yeah. So we picked him up. Um, and it was nice. They, um, they, they gave him, they, they took, uh, prints of his paws and they gave us like a little bag of his fur, um, and shit like that. Um, but yeah, it's just been, it's been a, it's been a rough week. Like I knew I was like, I figured he he was getting old. And you kind of like as a pet owner, you kind of mentally prepare yourself when pets start to get older. And Kayla and I even joked around uh, to a degree of like, you know, he's getting older, like because he just wasn't over the last year. He just he's noticeably getting old and just not as 
active and stuff as he as he was. And uh, you know, we like, you know, even sort of joke around like, you know, I don't know how much longer he's he's gonna be around type thing, right? And I think maybe you do that just to kind of like mask the reality mm. of what's actually what what's actually happening. So, you know, he's uh he's gone now. Um I have I don't know if you can see this on a camera, but I have the um the cat, you have the cat hotel that I dad cat and ho- I made. Yeah, I have the cat <laughs> hotel here. And um <clears throat> I feel really bad for Milo because uh Milo has always been around Max. Like uh Max Yeah, true. you bought him after. Him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Milo's like a couple years younger. Um and so it's all he ever really knows. And Milo is already a very sketchy cat. Like he's the complete opposite of Max. Like Max was like the grumpy, don't give a fuck, like whatever. Milo is a sketch, sketchy fucking cat. Um, he's cool around the people that he knows and trusts, but like, you know, even loud, loud sounds, he's like always on guard and stuff. So um, I'm trying to train him to feel more comfortable, just sort of hanging out with me. So I, I usually, I don't have it open now, but during my streams, I keep my door open and then he'll come in and hang out on the cat hotel and sleep here for a couple hours beside me. Just so I feel like he's not by himself. Cause that's, I feel most guilty because him and Max were, were with each other 24 seven. And now he doesn't have that. You know, fortunately we're home 24 seven, but Milo is such a to himself cat that like, if I don't make it very accessible for him to come see me whenever he wants to, he'll never come see us. So we have him here now. Um, you know, we we basically opened the whole house to the cat. So before they used to just come down, just be downstairs. But now we just let Milo go. Like wherever he wants to go, just go. Um, because he, he, yeah, we just, I don't know. It's different. It's different here. The The dog knows he's gone. Milo knows he's gone. Um, we felt horrible because like the first couple days, Milo was looking around for him. Like he, he, yeah, he, tell, he was just searching, like looking all over for him. We felt really, really bad, but I think, you know, it's sinking in. Um, he, ain't, he ain't around. So that's pretty much where that's pretty much been my whole week at this point. And uh, I've just been dealing with that and the mood of the house. And um, yeah, it's been it's been rough. Well, it's, it's, been a rough it's, week. it's the same as it's the same as losing a, a family member, really, because they're they're a part of your everyday life. You're taking care of them uh, and you get used to. You get used to seeing them around, uh, like it's the, even at that level, like the like the simplicity of that coming downstairs yeah. to go to the uh, to go to work, and you look in the door, and there yeah. you feed them, and there's Max yeah. and Milo, you know, half the day sleeping on that cat hotel, uh, you know, like that's that's the your routine, and then you remove an animal from your routine. And it becomes very, you know, very difficult. So it's very much, very much like losing a family member, especially if it's an animal that's managed to live, you know, a fairly long yeah, period of time. 12, so, yeah. So yeah, that's, so that's around. my, my uncle, for example, when they lost, they had to put down their greyhound a few years back and, um, and he refused to get another dog after that yeah. one because he said, I can't. Can't I can't go through that again. No. So Ben got a dog, like a, a dog, but he like like John will not buy another yeah. another dog. Yeah, and that's a and and Kale and I kind of talked about it without really talking about it, and we both kind of just said like we I can't get another cat. I, I, I not only do I not want to go through that again, 
but also I'm that cat will be unless we adopted a cat that was already fairly old. Yeah. Um, I'd have to go through the same thing again when Milo goes with the other cat or vice versa. That's the idea. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like, you know, if I get another kitten, it'd be, you know, that going through the same thing, they'll get attached. I just don't want to do that. And uh, putting a pet down, I never had to do that before in my life. It is the absolute worst experience I have. I might have ever had uh, because they don't even know what's going on and you're holding them and they have no idea and you know what's going on. It's just it's just awful. Um, but it is what it is. So, yeah, I don't blame your uncle. Uh, and I don't even. And the other thing is, is what it got me thinking about is like it made me think about Thor. And if I lose my dog. I mean, I'm, you know, I'll be really no good. So <laughs> I really don't. I just don't even like uh, thinking about it because it's. Uh, well, anyway. who, who wants to sit around yeah. thinking about family members dying? Like nobody sits yeah. around and goes, man, that's a fun task. <laughs> yeah. But so, I mean, when you lose one, you start to, you, you, I don't know, you, you start to. It, change, it changes yeah. how you look at things, especially since you know, it was like a first animal for you, really. Like Max was the first pet. So yeah. outside of fish in a tank. Uh, that was, that was pretty much it. So yeah, no, no kidding. But Hey, you got the little box with the stuff. You'll have yeah. that to hang on yeah. to. Uh, I thought the motherfucker was going to live forever, uh, forever <laughs> just too. out of spite. Uh, cause he was just the, a, the angriest animal I've ever seen. And I didn't think he'd, uh, he'd, he'd want to leave just to be an asshole. So, uh, but it, you know, he, uh, he, he had a good one and, and despite Milo driving him batshit crazy, for the better part of his end of year, his end years, he did he did pretty well. So yeah, that's a that is bar none a shit week, no matter how you slice it. Yeah, uh, and it will take some time for sure. Um, thankfully, I didn't have nearly as emotionally compromising as a week. We had um, a bit of a weird, not a scare. So well, it was a bit of a scare where. Uh, whereby, and it only just, it actually only just got rectified today. So <clears throat> you, uh, when you, so for Anne, when she got her, uh, her RN license here not long ago, and by not long ago, I mean within the last like two months, <laughs> she just, just got it. Uh, normally there are two registration dates for licensing in a year. You get like in, in sometime in the early part of the year. And then in the fall, uh, it happens again. And because of COVID, the, the exam period got pushed way forward this year for obvious reasons. They couldn't meet to have people in a room to write the exam until quite late. And because of that, the period of time after the exam that the, the nurses uh, had to accrue all of their hours for the year to make up their, you know, current, what's called like their currency of practice, mm -hmm. uh, before October, the end of October was significantly shortened. And the amount of hours required is if you do it, if you do the math, it's basically five months of straight full-time work, um, wow. is what they require. And they, and the exam got pushed. So M didn't have her license until July, like the end, like, fucking like super late and it's in October. So even if she had gotten a job full time, like the fucking morning following getting a license and assuming nothing interrupted that work whatsoever, she still would have maybe not made it to get the license for the following year. 
And so what inevitably happened was uh, they called they they called her when she went to reapply for 2021 because she just got her like she started her job search like fucking right out of the gate and she just got her placement at a job here uh, like two weeks ago Mm. where she was going to start this month. And then they were like, nope, you're unfortunately, you might be able to work now, but as soon as the end of October is up, you're donezo, and uh, here are your options, which were basically go and do the bridging program again that she just finished in April, like not even fucking six uh, months or so ago. Uh, so do the bridging program again, do a, or do the assessment, which is $2,500, and then you go and you book it, uh, which wouldn't have been until early next year. You go in, you book it, and then they basically do mock, like, hospital shit where you have to act as a nurse within a mock-up to do your mm. competency, and then they assess that and decide where to go from there and then rewrite the NCLEX that she just wrote fucking two and a half, three months ago. Uh, and pay for that, which is like another $500. She'd be like three, $4,000 in the hole again because no. she because it was literally impossible <laughs> to get fucking work, to get the hours. So, um, just to do, so we were like, I called, um, I called, uh, a few people and I was talking to them because she was beside herself. She couldn't even talk. She was just like fucking over it and, uh, called a few people. We tried to make some stuff happen. And then just today by the good graces, uh, of, of God, uh, they decided to come up with another option uh, for her that will allow her to still get her license for next year. She just has to do another competency thing, but she can do it in concert with working at the same time. Oh, okay. Well, that's good then. So, I was, so everyone was like biggest sigh of really, because everyone was fucking like, I dude, I was ready to kill somebody. I was so angry. I was white hot angry. Cause I was like, how in the fuck are you going in the middle of a pandemic when you are literally yeah. screaming for, for nurses, especially yeah. like somebody like an RN screaming for nurses and then take the license away because of an impossibility, nothing within the nurse's control and you're going to strip it and get her to, that doesn't make any sense. So thankfully, uh, somebody apparently internally went, wait a minute, that is fucking stupid. (laughs) (laughs) And so just today, thankfully that got cleared up. So that was, that was a roller coaster for us this week, but that's good. And then other than that, I quite literally haven't streamed in days because I made the decision to treat my stream to something. 2020 has been a, a shit gong show, whatever. And people have been asking me for years to do a full playthrough of Morrowind, my favorite game of all time. Then I have famously started two playthroughs and never finished the game. And it was some of my most popular YouTube content back in the day. 20, 30,000 views of video way back when just for playing Morrowind with like no fucking anything. It was just me by myself. Wasn't even streaming because you couldn't even stream at that time. People keep messaging me on Gmail. I still go back and watch your Morrowind Let's Play from like fucking 2000. God knows whenever the fuck that was. When are you going to pick that up again? So I said, fuck it. This is the year. It's time. Mm. And so I spent four, uh, I spent four straight days, about 12 hours a day trying to get Morrowind to not only run well, but not look like a pile of smashed assholes. Uh, Morrowind is a famously broken game. It is Bethesda. But in fairness to them, this was like the genesis of their broken shit because it was their first game in this new engine that they had. 
but unfortunately lots of it never got patched, so you have to do modding to a, to some degree to not have the game just fucking up and break on you 30 hours into the game. So, yeah. uh, I've been spending a lot of time with that, but we got her, I think we got her <coughs> down, I'm gonna do one more pass, uh, probably after the podcast, I basically go into the game, I set my running speed to like 300 so I can run like the fucking Flash, and I put no clipping on so I can fly, and then I just run around the map, waiting to see if something will fucking explode. I caught a couple of them the other day, but I think we got her locked up, and so now it's just going to be uh, last checks, and then we can take off Ignition 2020, more a win start. It's going to be glorious. There you uh, go. And in the most <clears throat> erratic frame rate ever seen. That engine does not hold up. At all. It runs on one CPU core. The entire fucking engine. One core. So unless your CPU is at like 8.5 gigahertz, you are fucked. You put one you put one texture in that game that is not default, and your frame rate goes from like 400 to 32. There's just no fucking stability. So I might even lock it at 30 and just enjoy the cinematic experience yeah. of 30 FPS. There you go. Now that we've padded out the beginning... Are you ready to talk about the four topics we have today? Let me <laughs> have today? Let, all right, let's get those see. To, it's a, not a long list. We didn't even get a full page today. Damn, the last couple weeks have been... I had to scroll down. Yeah, there were bangers the last couple weeks. Not so much this week. But before That's we go right. any further, hit the like button. And hit the bell icon on YouTube. So <laughs> that you can comment and like within the first hour. As many people in the Bell Gang has been doing... Uh, in the last, or have been doing in the last few weeks, and absolutely crushing it. Continue to do that, for the love of God, I beg you. And now, for games. As it turns out, Jeff, somebody in Xbox's marketing uh, team that have been uh, in one-on-one combat with Nintendo's marketing team for console names that should have never happened, the Xbox Series X... When you have an Xbox One and an Xbox One X, as it turns out, gets confusing for consumers. <laughs> Who would have known? An Xbox One X and an Xbox Series X being sold at almost the same price at roughly the same time? Who would have known that that was a bad idea? Well, as it turns out, not many people on Amazon. Because the sales for Xbox One X through the roof during the mm. pre-order times where everyone is scrambling and they're in a rush and they don't want to miss the first wave and so they're clicking anything that has an X in it and just fucking ordering it. Lots of porn flying off the shelves as people try and get as many X's into their cart <laughs> as humanly possible. Uh. And so the Series X uh, <laughs> getting a bit conflated. <clears throat> For example, on Amazon, the Xbox One X sales numbers up 750%. Holy shit. Now, hopefully, they realized before it was too late what they had ordered. But with Amazon next day shipping, I doubt many of them managed to fucking swing that one before they realized it was the wrong move. So, um, yeah, I don't know what the fuck they were... Like, I get that they have to call it the Xbox, right? They're not going to rename it something other than the Xbox. Yeah. But the Series X, when you just made the One X, is just, a, you gotta come up with something different. <clears throat> yeah, I agree. 
Because this is what happens. Name? Like, why don't you just call it the Xbox whatever, or just call it the Xbox, you know what I mean? Well, I guess it's because they have the different SKUs that do their different hardware standards, right? So, like, the S is, like, significantly less powerful than the X. I get what they were going for, but they yeah. probably could have chose different letters. But the X and the S are, like, so often used in car models and everything else. People already know what they mean. They can, like, figure it out. Uh, and so, like... I I get it, but also fuck me. That's a terrible uh, thing for some people to be caught up with. Uh, obviously, as well, the pre-orders while they went better than the PlayStation's due to the fact that well they announced when the play- the pre-orders were going to happen before it happened. Still, lots of of scrambling and retailers not really knowing exactly how much stock they're going to get. And so, for example, Amazon was, were sending out emails to let people know that hey. You pre-ordered this, but we might not be able to get it to you on launch day because we don't 100% know what we're going to be able to acquire from Microsoft at that time. And so uh, it it is still a crapshoot for sure, but at the end of the day, uh, Microsoft continues to at least come out on, on social media and they've been saying things like, we are aware of, obviously, the high demand, the retailers struggling. We're going to do our best to make sure that a second wave that is not far away from the launch date is available so that people aren't mm-hmm. waiting months to be able to get their hands on the console. So, um, God only knows what both Sony and Microsoft are going through right now with the supply chain probably being as clusterfucked as it is with yep. COVID. Um, so any amount of stock that they can possibly get their hands on is a miracle as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> so thumbs up for the effort on, uh, on both teams there, <clears throat> uh, in better Xbox news, a lot of people got their hands on the series X, uh, to be able to finally start testing some things, obviously testing things that Microsoft are allowing them to test insofar as that they can put out articles and videos about it at this time. And uh, in this week, that just so happened to be the backwards compatibility portion of the Series X. So people like Digital Foundry, who do the the uh, often the most deep dives into anything console-related in terms of frame rates and hardware capabilities and how it stacks up, uh, they got their hands on it. And, as it turns out, holy fuck, Microsoft knocked it out of the park with this bad boy. Really? The backwards compatibility is surprising everyone that gets their hands on it. Uh, I believe it was the boys at Digital Foundries that uh, De- Digital Foundry that said that, then this is compared to the One X, not just the, the, the Xbox One, but the One X. They said, I can't go back. I will play mm. Xbox One and Xbox One X games on this console, and there's no going back at this point. You can't do it. And here's why. Not only does the Xbox Series X do everything in the xbox one catalog it also upscales it to 4k and as they found in almost every title it doubles the frame rate while upscaling it to uh to 4k so you get way higher resolution double the frame rate and in games in which microsoft have found that the uh the artificial intelligence applied um hdr um, whenever that works. So you're getting 4K HDR, double the frame rate. Now that doesn't mean every game gets 60 FPS locked all the time, 
Uh, but they did notice that you're getting well above 30, so you're not getting a worse experience while also getting two or more times the resolution and significantly higher frame rates, even though you're getting two or more times the resolution and tacking on HDR for the games to support it. So it is a monstrous victory that is applicable to Xbox One games, Xbox 360 games, and the original Xbox games. Of course, those last two being for... Uh, licenses that they've got from the developers to say that yes, you can go ahead and make these yeah. back uh, backwards compatible for this this console. So monstrous win there. Uh, the other thing that they noted that was it, <clears throat> on paper, it sounds like obviously it's a it, it's a inevitability. But with these new consoles having such fast hard drives, and by that they're solid state drives. Uh, people were like, oh well, the backwards compatibility games should probably load, you know obviously faster, but I didn't think that it would load this much faster. When I was looking at the games and we're talking about stuff like Red Dead Redemption 2, you're taking load times in the minutes and knocking it down into the seconds. Wow. Um, So basically, I think it was Red Dead Redemption 2 that made the comparison that the the Xbox One version of Red Dead Redemption 2, if I'm not mistaken, on the Series X... So it got the resolution upscale, the eight, everything just fucking slapped on, higher re, uh, frame rates, and then it <laughs> loads the game uh, as fast as the PC version of the game. Wow. So it's a... Uh, I already had a cookie, but thank you. Thank you. Uh, it's uh, a massive uptick in performance. So you're not just getting regular backwards compatibility, you're getting a lot of added benefits. And people were a little skeptical as to just how well those benefits would pan out, but as it uh, as it appears at this time, it crushes all of it. So that's great news for people uh, that want to have you know their library, existing library of games, and to be mm-hmm. able to experience them with uh, with better performance and visuals. And uh, I mean that's that's Good. the way to go. Right now, yeah. as far as backwards compatibility goes, Xbox is literally in a different area code from from Sony. Sony has got some backwards compatibility, but we'll have to wait and see how well it stacks up because uh, the, the Xbox has set an awfully an awfully high bar. And this this raises the question to get you involved here, Mr. Black. Okay. Original Xbox, probably the last Xbox you gave a shit about other than maybe some 360 games. Yeah, accurate. What games on the original Xbox and the 360, since they have to be licensed... Which ones would you like to, if you were going to own an Xbox, you're like, man, I feel like going back and like, quote unquote, retro, because at this point, I mean, shit, the original Xbox is getting there in 20 years. It it is retro now. (laughs) So what, uh, what games do you think you would like to have pop on there? Got to go with Jet Set Radio Future. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the other, the other Xbox game I played the most was Morrowind. I played Morrowind a lot. And there's actually a missed game that I have on the, I think it's on the regular Xbox. Uh, it's called Mist. Um, forget the name of it. I have it on there. Uh, but yeah, there's a Mist title that was a lot of fun back in the day when I played it too. Mist, like like Mist, Mist. Yeah. Well, is think. it is it is it is it just like real Mist? No. Uh, I don't know. He's going over to take a look. There it is. Ah. 
Yeah. I got Jet Set Radio. That's such a banger cover. And there's the Mist. Oh, Mist 4. Oh, Mist Revelation. Yeah, it's Mist 4. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mist 4 is dope. Great music in Mist 4. I don't even remember it, like, at all. So, mm. like, if that would be, that'd be one that I would, that I would play. Uh, they one did make... Player, uh, HD 480p. Ah, yeah. In-game I think, I think, I, I think Revelation is is playable and and updated to be played on the pc without much issue so that's also a thing but on the console would be pretty good too um i would say uh yeah jet set for sure i don't know if it's already on the list or not i i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to pull up look at that cover though dude and the foil the foil and everything hey yeah dude and this one is the like the actual jet set i also have the the combo you know, oh, the, the combo that used to come. Yeah, it was, G, it was GT 2002. GT, it was like GT Ford Racing or some shit. And yeah, then Jet Set Combo. And Jet Set Combo, what yeah. A weird combo to have. I think, it, well, they came with consoles. They had, a, they had a bundle. Yeah. And that disc combo came uh, as a thing. So they were both Sega titles. So I think that was yeah, that's the idea. It. it was Sega GT 2002, I think. Um. Yeah, I had the combo, and then I and then I eventually picked up the the OG uh, cover, the foil of it, and everything. The art on that original cover is is uh, is amazing. Um, so yeah, I don't I don't know I I don't know which ones are already on there, but having it obviously having an upscaled, faster loading, slightly better performant Jet Set Radio Future would be incredible. The thing is, I don't know if Sega will let them do it if it isn't already on there. And the only reason being because maybe somebody in, in, in a back room somewhere is thinking, maybe we are going to remaster this game. They never mm. seem to do it, but they're going to, you know, maybe they're saying, maybe we will. And we want to hold that, you know, we want to hold that option close to our chest, which is why these licensing things have to happen anyway. Because when you start talking about upscaling a game and better frame rates, faster loading and shit, you're getting into the, why would I buy a remaster at this point? Dude, this, this game on eBay is going for over 100 Canadian, this copy. Mm. Which is pretty nutty. What? Yeah. The non... The, the non-combo? Yeah, the non-combo. The combo one has been going for 23, 25 bucks. Yeah. This one is going for 100 plus. And then they also have another Jet Set Radio Future that isn't uh like this it's like a regular green copy um that's going a little cheaper is it like a greatest hits version or some shit no it's maybe it's a different uh different like maybe it's european or japanese it could, that's actually that might be it it's uh actually oh no it's it's french oh it's french yeah oh they got fucked on then yeah dude it's i picked getting- up I picked up a uh, a Jet Set Radio Future um, <coughs> art book. Love, can you get that for me? It's literally right behind you. It's underneath the Liam Wong Tokyo book and above the Zelda. Yeah, I think it's that one. Just be careful with it. It cost me a small fortune. But it's it's a... Uh, it was only released in Japan and it was like a little companion <coughs> guidebook for the game. No, no, you can you can leave it in the, in the package. That's fine. Well, thank you. Um, yeah. So, a companion mm. guidebook, like an actual like guide to the game, 
Uh, and it's dope because there's no... I've always wanted an art book for Jet Set Radio uh, Future because the art's so fucking fire. Uh, yeah. But there has never really been a good one or, or really one at all. But this goes... Uh, this obviously has like a bunch of art in it, like a bunch of the characters and and uh, level designs. It's entirely in Japanese and so therefore completely useless to me as an actual <laughs> an actual guide. But it's really good. It's really dope. It's all full color. Has all the character models and some of the uh, level design models and stuff in it. Um, yeah, it's 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 fucking awesome. Jet Set Radio Future is a dope game, and I would Hell totally yeah. want it to be on the on that list. You know what? The I asked that question because I saw Jeff Keighley decided that he was going to just try some random Xbox games that he had uh, to see which ones might work. And uh, the one that he that he he specifically tagged, and he tagged Phil. And he was like, we need to get this, we need to make this happen. And it was Blinks. Do you remember Blinks? Really? The fucking cat? Uh, oh, yes. Or whatever? Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. I think it was a launch title. I can't remember. I want to say it was a launch title for the original Xbox. And, uh, and he was like, we need to... And as soon as he did that, there was a whole bunch of people like, fuck that. I want a full, I want a full sequel. I want a remaster. You got to bring Blinks back to the forefront. Uh, no I don't even think I played Blinks, but now I kind of... I didn't, yeah. Now, now I kind of want to play Blinks. I don't own it either. And I don't even think I've seen one, like, in the wild, so it's probably... Um, I remember before it shut down, the last game store had a copy. Okay. Yeah, it goes for about 50 bucks. Motherfucker, $50? Yeah, a couple of them up on eBay for 35 there's a platinum hits one for twenty nine bucks. Some of them go up to sixty. Yeah, if they do, if they do backwards compat on that, and I have an Xbox at some point, I'm gonna have to try out Blinks. Hmm. Either way, there you go. It's uh, they're they're doing real well with it, and I'm I'm excited to see uh, how that library of backwards compatibility games grows over the uh, you know the the period of the console because there's so many good games the original Xbox and the 360 had that they could make use of that uh yeah it's an exciting feature uh next up uh in news related to something that i misspoke about last week when we were discussing metal gear um and the the rumors of a remake of one i think uh, of one and then the following three games getting remasters so a remake mm-hmm. for one in the fun i i think it's supposed to be metal well I'm pretty sure that the remake is Metal Gear Solid. And then sequels are remakes. However, I misspoke, and it made some people that like Metal Gear uh, Solid or Metal Gear franchise in general very upset. So I apologize that my brain, (laughs) I misspoke. Because when I said that, what I meant to say was that it was interesting that it would be Sony exclusive because Metal Gear started on... NES, the Nintendo Entertainment mm-hmm. System. My brain produced, apparently, I didn't listen back to it, but apparently I said Metal Gear Solid, or MGS, on the NES, uh, which obviously... I, I know what you meant. I know what you meant. Yes. Yeah. Obviously. But yeah. some people, very beside themselves that I fucked that up. I apologize. I will, I will make it up to you by creating five to six hour long cutscenes and three to five minute segments of gameplay. In my upcoming go. game, uh, Wood Gear Soft. Mm. 
Elephant Wood eater. Gear soft. Elephant eater. I like it. Coming soon. Uh, but yeah, Metal Gear, Metal Gear Solid, and Metal Gear Solid 2 all went up on good old games, GOG, this week. Uh, my, uh, I looked into it a bit when it popped up, and immediately <coughs> people having picked it up uh, are saying not so hot because they're pretty much just straight ports without a lot of work done to them. And so while they're like technically playable, uh, we're going to put some emphasis, uh, some emphasis on the technically part, mm. and that maybe... Uh, don't give Konami money for whatever the fuck they did there uh, and just hold on to that. Or just emulate them yourself. If you own the game somewhere else, just emulate them. It's going to be a lot better. For sure. Uh, Oh! In news that shouldn't surprise anyone else, one of the longest-running, longest-winded, and never-ending game series of all time, Dynasty Warriors, getting another game. Dynasty War. Well, actually, it seems like it might be like a uh, an addition to the already existing uh, Dynasty Warriors Nine, which I think is already a thing. It's called Dynasty Warriors Nine Empires. It's got a teaser trailer. Mm-hmm. If you like, you some uh, some turn your brain off and press one button to kill waves and waves of hundreds of enemies. Dynasty Warriors Nine coming up. Not uh, not ten. Now it's not it's not labeled ten. That is coming. Don't worry. <laughs> 10, 11, 12, 13, 37, 45, you name it, Dynasty Warriors. It's coming. Don't worry about that. But yeah, trailer went up, so if you're interested in an expansion of what is largely considered one of the worst Dynasty Warriors ever made, great news. They got that there for you. So go check it out. Do you ever play any of the Dynasty Warriors games? No, I mean, I think I've fucked around with, like, testing out some games and stuff in the past and i might have played a little bit of it years and years and years ago when i was a teenager but um nothing nothing ever recent or anything dude i dynasty wars is one of those is one of those franchises that it blows my mind to know how popular they are Mm. the like pretty much all the games that i've played in dynasty warriors over the years not that they've really changed over the years but there's such mindless fuck shows and it's seen and they and they never seem to run all that well and it's not very intricate and obviously there is a very specific market but they sell endlessly enough games enough copies of dynasty warriors to keep that dream alive and i don't know why i don't know why dynasty warriors exists and then we have the expansion of that now or other franchises taking on that formula with things like the um uh, the Legend of Zelda, like, what was it called? The Hyrule Warriors, which is literally Dynasty Warriors, but they just slapped it into the context of The Legend of Zelda and mm. produced uh, a game. Um, it's, yeah, I, I don't know uh, I don't know how it's still going, but it is. And uh, I can't wait for 10, because I'm sure it's going to be a real banger. Was it Lu Bu, the, the lead guy in every Dynasty Warrior? Uh, I don't even know. Buckle up. Next up, in news that Jeff doesn't care about, but I have to cover because there's no other news right now, Pokemon Sword and Shield getting their expansion passes um, updated, basically, or, or they're releasing their, the, I think, the next expansion here this month. Uh, and so for those of you, I think it's towards the end of the month, I want to say like the 22nd or somewhere in there uh, for it. Uh, and they're also releasing 
if you missed out on the train originally, I think they said that they were also releasing uh, physical versions or digital versions or both of the base game that comes with all the expanded content. So if you missed out on it, you don't have to like go buy the single game and then go download a bunch of shit. They're just going to put out a version that has uh, all that stuff in it. And in related news, while players already pay for Pokemon Home, you remember what Pokemon Home is? Talked about this before, but basically it's like a repository for putting all of your Pokemans to put across games. So Pokemon uh, Home, people already pay for that service. People weren't particularly thrilled that they had to pay for Pokemon Home to begin with, but they were like, you know what? Okay, there's a lot of Pokemon games. I'm invested in this, you know, this Pokemon ecosystem, if you will. I'll live with it. I'll pay for Pokemon Home. Okay, well, now, unfortunately, it has been discovered that apparently there may also be a fee to transfer your Pokemon from Pokemon Go to Pokemon Home. Wow. Now, I don't know if it's, if it's like a bulk thing where where it's like per transfer or if it's per Pokemon or what the fuck that's supposed to be and in terms of how they're monetizing it, but it is reported that there is going to be a fee to do just that. So not only are you going to be paying for home, but reportedly you're also going to be paying for the transfers, individual transfers. So um in case you're wondering in case you're wondering if they were ever going to microtransaction the fuck out of Pokemon, the answer is yes. The answer is yes. Hmm. It's a hard yes. Um I've probably asked you this before. But is there anything Pokemon can do at this point to get you back in the game? Uh, no. <laughs> no. I'm, I'm, like, the only thing would be is if they keep going and my son gets a little older and then he's, like, he's into it. Um, maybe, you know, they're going to get my money because of him. But, dude, can I just be, can I just keep it on it? All right. If it lengthens the, the, the podcast, yes. <laughs> I'm I'm 33 years old, my friend. Mm. All right. Mm. I don't think there's anything at this point that is going to get me into Pokemon. I'm not saying that if you're 33, you shouldn't be into Pokemon. But if you're not into Pokemon, into Pokemon at the age 33, you're probably not going to get into Pokemon. I'm going to be 40 years old in, in seven years. All right. That, sh- that ship has sailed i'm a 33 year old dad i'm not i'm not like a 22 23 year old that is kind of still like living their childhood a little bit and get semi excited for a pokemon game i'm 33 ain't that ain't it that's fair that's fair um i'm pretty much the same i there was a time where i thought that maybe if they had moved more towards a really truly open world um closer to an actual open world adventure um less linear type game uh that I would I would get more interest in that uh I still think that might get me a little bit more interested but it would have to be done in a pretty specific way I mean I what they did with Sword and Shield was like tease what an open-ish Pokemon yeah. world would be, uh, but in the reality, it was in, in reality, it's still very much a linear experience. 
And I think that uh, I think that uh, that it would it would do well to to open that up. The problem is, and I've said this before, why I think they haven't done that, even though it's the most obvious move for Pokemon, is that the moment they've done that, there's like nowhere for the franchise to go. To so go. you're yeah. not going to see an MMO, or you're un- very unlikely to see an MMO. You'll see an MMO of Pokemon when they have exhausted all Everything. other options. To monetize Pokemon at a video game level, then you will see a Pokemon MMO. But the moment they do that, they have officially exhausted all of the ways in which they can continue to monetize that game uh, yeah. moving forward. I mean, look at how they've monetized it. It's it's mostly with uh, the addition of new Pokemon, but you can't just have new Pokemon and slap into a game now and have people buy it. So it's like, people want to know, what are the mechanics? What are the new mechanics going to be? What are we going to be able to do? Is it a bigger world? What are we going to get? And people got excited when you could, like, hop on a fucking bike. Right? And it's like, now it's like, people are like, can we jump? That's the level of granularity in which the Pokemon community is willing to put up with as a new mechanic enough to for them to go, yeah, I'll buy that game because now I can jump. So... Why Nintendo would, like, blow it all, or not Nintendo, but uh, fucking Game Freaks would blow it all on one thing, one adventure game, one MMO, it doesn't make any sense. They're not, you know, they can monetize it for much longer not doing it that way, so. Yeah. But that's, unfortunately, that's what it would take to get me relatively interested in Pokemon again, would be something like that. So, uh, yeah, I probably will be 50. By the time that happens, if not older. And I'll be playing with my grandchildren. Um, next up after that, in related news to Pokemon, today actually just happened before the podcast. Um, actually, no, sorry, not Pokemon. I got ahead of myself. My, my apologies. I actually wanted to say in Nintendo-related news, Super Smash Brothers announced a new character today, Jeff. Ooh. And this it? time, it didn't get leaked. This is the first time in a while that, that I can remember that uh, people didn't already have a pretty good idea of who it was going to be. I don't know how this didn't happen sooner. However, the next Smash Bros. character is Steve the Minecraft guy. Wait, what? The Minecraft guy is in like use a pickaxe. Steve, yes, the the cover like the cover boy, Steve, the Minecraft guy. Wow. And you know what? I just got to be honest. At this point, I'm just happy it's not another Fire Emblem character because they've already got like 14 in that fucking game. So we got that far. And I haven't seen the trailer yet, but apparently people are saying that at the very least, um, as you might expect, he's a very unique character because of the mechanics that they are giving him uh, to, uh, uh, you know, to, to, to do their thing. So, Steve the Minecraft guy. Hey, look, when you're the number one selling game of all time, you gotta get a spot in Smash Bros. Ultimate, bro. You do. It's a must. <laughs> There's, does anyone have the total character count for that fucking game at this point? Where are they at? A lot. A lot. They got more characters than League of Legends. That's what it's starting to feel like now. It's like they're they're just slapping another freaking character in 
every month at this point. Uh, does anyone have, in chat, does anyone have the final character count? They've got to be coming up on the end of it, too, right? Like, how they can't just be continuing to crank out fucking characters. Uh, they said they had to rework every stage to accommodate placing blocks. So, yeah, one of his, part of his kit is actually placing blocks. Makes sense. It does make sense. I, like, I, I have to hand it to them as well, is that while there's a lot of characters that play very similar, like every Fire Emblem Swordsman, at least when they do characters like this, they go fucking in on it. They don't They don't just slap him in and go, alright, we're gonna give him a pickaxe, and he swings a pickaxe, and, you know, his special is a giant creeper appears behind the stage and blows up, blah, blah, whatever. The fact that somebody sat down and said, we need to figure out a way to allow him to literally build shit on the map is fucking wild to me. I don't even know how that mechanic works, but I have to give him credit for coming up with some, like, weird and wacky, uh, stuff for some of these characters. Uh, I'm also just happy that it wasn't the Fortnite guy. Because that game is appearing in literally every game, and you know what? It wouldn't surprise me if it's probably the next character. It'll, it'll probably happen. Yeah. It'll probably happen. Uh, I'm still waiting for Birdo, by the way. Uh, fuck, I don't know why Birdo isn't in that game yet, but I'm salty about it. Um, backtracking a bit, because that was supposed to be underneath something else. Uh, Twitch! Twitch updated their terms of service, Mr. Black. Oh, did they? And they updated their terms of service. I think it's their terms of service. I don't know what they, like, what document they're calling this at this point, but... Um, let me just, uh, uh, oh, their community guidelines page. So this happened. So this happened, this change happened pretty much right after, uh, Dr. Disrespect made some appearances on some other streamers streams on Twitch. Um, Chiefly, I mean, there was a couple of them, but chiefly the, the, the one that more people obviously are talking about would be um, Nadeshot, who was doing a stream, and Doc was on uh, uh, was on uh, the stream there for a moment, and then there was another one or two other uh, examples as well. All of them, obviously, large streamers. So, uh, he wasn't like full front featured, but he was speaking to them, that kind of thing. So... They basically created a, a, a Dr. Disrespect rule <laughs> that is, in true Twitch style, as vague as you could possibly make it so that, at their discretion, they can just fucking do whatever they feel they need to do. So, uh, the suspension evasion section used to read, All suspensions are binding until expiration or removal upon appeal. Any attempt to circumvent an account suspension or chat ban by using other accounts, identities, personalities, or presence on another user's account will also result in suspension. Suspensions, uh, suspension evasion will not only increase the length of the suspension, but may lead to an indefinite suspension. So that's what it used to read. And then they uh, updated it where the big change, as I said here on SVG, happens uh, in the second paragraph, uh, and they tacked on a little something-something here. said, in addition, 
It is prohibited to use your channel to knowingly feature or advertise a suspended user. We understand that there may be instances where suspended users may appear on your stream due to circumstances beyond your control, such yeah. as through third-party gaming tournaments, but we expect that you make a good-faith effort to remove them from your broadcast, mute them, or otherwise limit their interactions with your stream. So, um... Obviously, they, fe they, they felt that how, what they had outlined there was not... Uh, didn't quite encompass what they wanted to. Um, of obviously, they really don't want Doc to, in any way, shape, or form, have any yeah. presence whatsoever. You know, with with very little exception, like major tournaments and stuff like that, where it's inevitable for him to appear in some way uh, because of the nature of the tournament. Uh, that's also being likely hosted on Twitch. Uh, so, uh, the thing that's, the, the, the thing that they leave open here, of course, is where they say making a good faith effort, because whatever the fuck that means. It means, it means you're in good faith. Like they're not telling you, they're not gonna, they're not gonna fuck you and your channel because somebody that's suspended pops up there. As long as in good faith, you're aware of the said individual and you're doing everything in good faith to do minimal interaction and silence this individual um on your behalf yeah and if twitch doesn't feel as though you are putting in that type of effort then you could be suspended mm. that's what that means oh i get i, I know what it means but like <laughs> when i say I mean, whatever I, that I, means I mean, I mean i'm not sure how else they're supposed to put it because they're not going to just flat out suspend somebody for somebody being on a ladder game with them and they pop up. That wouldn't be very fair. Um, or if they are in a tournament and you're playing against them and they pop up on the stream for whatever, you know, it'd be pretty fucking shitty if they just suspend you for that. So they're putting it in there like, hey, be aware of your surroundings and what's going on. And in good faith, of the terms of service, the moment that you are able to part ways from said individual, do that. Um, if we feel as though you purposely are acting stupid about the, about the situation, playing naive or pushing the limits, like riding a gray area for the sake of riding a gray area, then they have the right to suspend your account. So there it's, it's a good faith type thing. You know, it's like, Hey, uh, I'm going to leave you home with my wife for, uh, for the next week. Uh, I need you to just look over the family and stuff in good faith. Please don't fuck her. All right. <laughs> all right. Yeah. That's, you know, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving you here in good faith. All right. Don't try and seduce my wife, please. Um, and you know what seducing is. If you come home with a bottle of wine and a, and a home cooked meal, and you want to give somebody a back rub and you've got the batter the, the bath water ran with some Epsom salts in it. All right. This ain't good faith, bro. All right. If you if you got if you got Doc hanging out in your lobby and you're on call with him in Discord, um, or you're in a game and you know he's in the game 
and you do everything possible to kind of hang out with them, uh, that's not good faith. That's uh, that that's you uh, playing the system here, and the dude oh, yeah. is banned for a reason, and we don't want him here. So I think that's what you know. I think I understand what where they're going with it. They, um, actually, I'm not actually upset with this. I'm not. No, like, I'm not upset with it either. I just, I just. I understand what good faith means in general. I'm just not a fan of anything Twitch does that isn't fucking explicitly said because, and I'm not saying they'll do it here, but they have a history of making weird judgment calls as to when to apply areas of their TOS or guidelines when they've left it open, even though this doesn't sound open, in the in the past they've done that kind of stuff. But so, I like, think, I think this is one of the things where it should be open hmm. because most of the time, when somebody banned shows up on stream, it's usually not from your doing. And to just ban you because somebody Doc could literally be like, "Oh, I'm going to take out Ninja's career by just." sniping him and going on a stream and then saying fucking youtube gaming baby let's fucking go and then what ninja gets banned because it's part of the terms of service you know i think you need that clause here for specifically for that reason oh they should absolutely Uh, have this i just wish that they could it i understand that it's also difficult to be hyper specific because you can't just come up with an an endless list but it would be and and maybe they will have something more specific obviously they tack this on like within the day of this occurring. So it was like a scramble to slap something in there to make sure that it doesn't continue to happen uh, within reason. But. Well, my guess is, is doc was hanging out playing for a while. I don't know. I'm, I'm just, I don't even, yeah, I don't even know. I just know that he appeared on a couple of people when they were playing together in games, playing some games, you know, I think they were testing to see what would happen, what would happen, especially Nade. Like Nade said, on yeah. Twitter, Nate said on Twitter, or like he said during his stream or something. I don't know where he said it, if it was like verbally or otherwise, where he said um, that, like, you know, well, what is Twitch going to do? Are they going to ban me? I've been on this platform since before Twitch was Twitch, and I'm a major streamer here. What are they going to do? Ban me because Twitch appeared in my lobby and we played a couple games together? Is that where we're going with this? Because he said that's just not like, where's the respect in that? Is what he said. Loose, that's obviously, you know, not yeah. a direct and quote. Then, and, then, and their answer to him without saying anything directly to him was, all right, let me change up the terms of service here yeah, yeah. and um, take it for what you want. Uh, but don't have him in your lobby anymore. I mean, also, Twitch probably just doesn't want to come out and flat out talk about Doc and say, listen, Doc isn't allowed here. So just make it general. And also, with that being said, you know, Doc is high profile, and there might be some other banned people that hang out on streams and play games uh, that, you know, do- doesn't create that sort of wave. I mean, if you have Doc playing with another big streamer, you know, you've got the YouTube side and the Twitch side all spamming about Doc, like, oh, my God, Doc's on Twitch. They're going to poke the bear, and they just don't want that. So, you yeah. know, that's that's their answer. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's interesting to watch this stuff unfold because this continues to be really the first instance of a super high profile streamer being removed like that like what happened with doc and so watching all of the policy change and all of the all the chess pieces be moved 
without knowledge of what actually went down is really interesting to watch and and to see at a in a grander scale things like uh what this is for example where you're getting people like Nade and other major streamers testing the waters uh and seeing you know how far Twitch is willing to go in order to uh in order to to keep the lid on uh not having doc be present is uh is interesting it's 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 very interesting obviously everyone involved knew what they were doing they were just seeing how far specifically because it was a warzone tournament apparently and so you know they did it within the confines of at least it being a tournament yeah um and so yeah so now now the question will become probably something like hey if we're if there's an invitational uh tournament and i end up on doc's team um, because it's a third party, uh, tournament for major money. You yeah, you should be fine. Yeah. Like they're going to continue. This won't be the first test. I'm sure no. they're going to be like poking yeah. around. I mean, they, they even said it in there, right? Like third party tournaments, etc. play your tournament, be done with that. Right. And then once it's over move, don't, don't continue to play exhibitions and hang out like, oh, he's been on here for an hour anyway. Why not another couple hours? Because yeah, I know yeah. that's no longer good faith, right? Good faith is, hey, we're we're not telling Doc that he can't play in tournaments or that you guys can't play in tournaments with Doc. But in good faith, be in, be out. If he gets on your team, don't fucking talk no shit. Don't make this bigger than what it needs to be. Play your play your matches and get going. That's that's what I'm I'm getting from yeah. this. Yeah. Absolutely. So we'll see uh, what happens when they inevitably test the waters further, because I'm sure it's going to happen. Um, because you know when they when when they when Twitch has to do this stuff and not mention Doc specifically, the question will always be, you know, how involved can we be without the nuclear button being pressed? And so I'm sure yeah. we're going to get uh, some more. Is Milo trying to go use his kitty? Is is his litter box right now? Oh, <laughs> possibly. That sitting under, oh, he's meowing and everything. There he is. There you go, buddy. Go for a little walk. <clears throat> I didn't even so, know he was in here. Yeah, he was obviously in the bottom. In the bottom part. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, so anyway, there you go. With that, we'll wait, I'm sure. I, I would be surprised if that part of the community guideline doesn't get expanded again with, like, some more specifics. Uh, but for now, that's obviously their quickest way to to uh, to cover their ass a bit uh, with this kind of stuff happening. Uh, next up, in more gaming-specific-related stuff, we've got here... Uh, so, Cyberpunk 2077 is coming up. We got the trailer. Uh, we got the trailer that popped off here the other day with Keanu Reeves doing the trailer bit uh, for for 2077. It was a nice trailer. It was great, uh, reminding everyone that this bad boy is about to drop. And uh, while that's going on, we also discovered that uh, CD Projekt Red has gone into crunch time and is now requesting. Uh, or demanding, depending on, I guess, how you look at it, six-day work weeks from the employees, um, plus overtime to get this thing done in time for the release. 
Now, this is only particularly news because not that long ago in an interview, they did the uppers at CD uh, Project Red did say that they would not uh, be enforcing crunch time upon their employees. This obviously uh, came out pretty much immediately after it was discovered they were going to crunch time. And uh, so they had a response and the response was, while we didn't want to do it, it became a necessity, and then they outlined the reasons why it's not necessarily the worst thing in the world. For example, they said that any overtime is obviously paid. All the employees get paid overtime. Uh, it's not just like, let's say, if they're contractually, I guess, on there that they're not going to get paid for their extra work. They all get paid overtime, and then just like in other recent years, they take 10% of the uh, profit of the company and spread it amongst all the employees at the end of the year. So, uh, they're trying to, you know, smooth it over a little bit at the end of the day. Um, not surprising that Cyberpunk 2077 requires some crunch. We've seen the trailers and the last stuff that we saw, I mean, it didn't look like a bad game, but it looked like a game that still needed a fair amount of work. Yeah. Um... And so this is not particularly shocking, uh, I guess, to see. I still think people need to check their expectations a bit on this one. I have a sneaking suspicion that it's going to take this game a little bit of time and patches uh, and whatnot to really get its legs underneath of it. Um, this is such a, a, a monstrous undertaking and a shift away from uh, their usual gameplay that... You know, if they eat, it will be a success for them to have a game of this scale with such a dramatic shift away from their usual, uh, their usual work, uh, you know, their third person fantasy action adventure in The Witcher. This would be impressive if they even pull off like a seven out of 10 experience, in my opinion, right off the bat. Yeah. yeah. People are expecting an 11 out of 10 because That's, it's uh, The Witcher guys, right? And I can that happen? Sure, I guess. Do I think it's going to be on launch day? Not specifically. I think it's going to take some time. Um, so yeah, I uh, we'll have to wait and see. It's not that far away. I believe it's into November now. The launch yeah. uh, for that got pushed back to uh, November, and so hopefully with this extra crunch time that the employees are apparently compensated for, they will produce something that even partially lives up to the nearly impossible hype that the game has for it. Um, I know, I, I doubt you have, but I watched, you know, I try and watch a little bit of their, like, their Night City Wire, whatever the fuck they call it, little events that they do here and there to show off new gameplay and talk about it and stuff. And I said this on Twitter... Is that for me personally, anyway, the more that I am shown of this game, yeah, the less excited I am about it, and they should probably stop showing this game off now. Yeah. Even if it looked really good, there is a, there's only so much that you can show a game off and not have the hype fall off on it because people have seen it now. You need mm -hmm. the, you need to da dance that line between because it's not like they're showing off anything special. It's like this week we're gonna talk about hand to hand combat, and then they show like some wet noodle, 
hand-to-hand combat that looked like it came out of a 2004 Xbox game, um, and people are supposed to be excited about that. Or, uh, today we're going to talk about branching decisions. You're like, well, congratulations, we know- we know about branching decisions, we've been doing this shit for a long time, but no, it's different, because your decisions matter. Like, yes, well, they say that every time, too, so let's just maybe hold on to that until the game comes out, and we'll see if it happens. You know, don't- don't just ruin it before it happens and comes out, so I don't, uh, uh, yeah, I just- I would caution people to maybe keep your expectations. In check for that. Do you plan on playing 2077 at all at any, at any point? Probably not. I, I probably, I mean, l- listen, if I didn't stream for a living, yeah, then probably I probably would play it. This is yeah. like one of the games that I would buy and play and kind of lose myself in. But, you know, as a streamer, you know this. I mean, you're a little different because you do have some. Yeah, you know, I, I, I'm variety. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah. And although my viewers will come hang out and watch me play stuff. It's it's games that take a hundred hours, fifty hours, uh, that really hurt your stream when you yeah. de- de- you dedicate that type of time uh, into into a game. So, if I'm just being frank, probably not. The only way I'd pr- I'd play this is if it was so fucking good that like mm. I'm sorry guys, I just got to play this as a gamer. You know, hopefully I'll support me and hang out, but I got to play this. Yeah. Chances are. I'm not it, the game ain't gonna do that. Ch- chances are, but who knows? Um, we'll see. We'll yeah. see. Yeah, I would say. I would say that's. I mean, I even as somebody who's been doing their best to review games now, even I don't know if I want to play that game because it's gonna be so long. Yeah. <laughs> uh it's uh, it's true from a streaming perspective. There are very few people, even as a, uh, even if a even if it's a variety streamer, there's very few games that are that long that people will sit down and watch day after day after day. You know, you've, you usually you have like a maximum, I would say, of two weeks would be like the max on any specific game that if you're playing it, and after that, even the people that were originally very interested. They just—I oh, I even think two weeks is a is a long. Well, time. that's like the max. I would say the average is more like a week. A week, yeah, yeah. And then you're pushing it, right? So, yeah, um, yeah it's a um, it's it's a challenge. Unless again, like it's it's something like RP, like you do, or you're doing a really hyper specific game. I'll just be a hundred percent. I would play whatever the fuck I want to play. And I'd play a lot of different games because there are games that I would play if people fucking supported it. Yeah. The thing is, they don't. Yeah. And you can make the argument, well, you know, your core, your core and, and the the real the real fans of what you do will be there. But the problem is, you know, unless those real fans are picking up the slack that the masses make, it is a horrible financial decision to go out and play something and fall super behind uh, for five days, three days, a week. Uh, It just sucks. Uh, It sucks big time. It's hard enough keeping up doing what you normally do. So, you know, you want to go from, you know, 1,000 viewers, 800 viewers to 150, 200, and if you stay in that zone long enough, it's going to fucking kill you. 
Uh, and it's that's just it. That's just facts. I've been doing this a long time. If my viewers supported the other stuff the way that they support, or even half the amount. I mean, even half the amount, you, you can you could you could say, you know what, I just want to do it for my mental and I just want to go have some fun. But like when all you are thinking about is how much you're gonna be behind when you're done having your fun, uh, you, you just don't want to do it. And that's why the vast majority of streamers that are known for playing a game will dabble with a game for a few hours, maybe a day, maybe two, if you're like really like if if they have some sort of retention. But for the most part, it's a lot of incomplete games because you're like, fuck, I really can't afford to go day five with 15, 20% of my normal viewership. And I've already dropped 400 subs. I better get back to the thing that pays the bills. Yeah. I think here as somebody who's done variety now for fucking eight years, I think the, I think the problem is largely, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of pieces to the puzzle for why it is the way that it is, but here's my take on it. Playing games, um, and, or having people watch you play games has a, a bunch of different reasons for why people will watch you play games. The people that will just watch a Let's Play, uh, the ones that will stay engaged the longest are the people who have either A, already played the game, and they are super invested in the game and they want to watch because they enjoy watching other people play a game they enjoyed. Or, you go the other extreme, they played a game, you're playing a game that they absolutely hated and they hope you also hate it, they're looking for some sort of validation there. Uh, or it's a game that was like super difficult and, they, and they've survived it. That's, the, that's what I would call the Dark Souls effect. Games that are incredibly difficult and somebody has completed it or tried to and either have done some things or not as much or have done the whole thing and they're looking for somebody else to watch to see if they struggle as much or mm. not. But for just the average game, when you just turn on a game and you play it, you're basically background noise for the majority yeah. of viewers because unless you're somebody that has some sort of ability to never shut the fuck up and never not say something entertaining or interesting or give them a reason to be actively watching the screen and not just have you on the side, playing through a game has a lot of downtime that is not, that is not a, what I would call a high-quality engagement factor. If you're doing RP, there is yeah. a high-quality engagement factor because you're fucking doing RP. It's always happening. It's changing constantly. There's character interaction that nobody was ever going to see before, and it happens in real time. If you're doing competitive play, you are doing it... The, the entertainment factor is that your gameplay is so your engagement factor is that you're so fucking good that they can't not watch you play. If you're just mediocre at playing in for a first-person shooter, people can look away because you're only going to be a god one in every, like, 50 games. But if you watch yeah. somebody who's really good at a game, they're just always fucking good. And so yeah. you have a reason to watch. The engagement factor of, of streaming is something that a variety streamer always has to battle with and that's why you don't see as many people doing big numbers as a variety streamer. Well, I think, and you missed you missed another. I, I think a, a part that is even I, I want to say is is even more critical than what you said, and that is viewer interaction. That's what so, I mean. Well, that's part of it, yeah, like the okay, engagement part, factor. Yeah, like not even us, but if, for example, I'm playing a dog shit boring game. Yeah, 
but my core is so big, right? Yeah. So like, say, you know, I, 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 I average 5,000 viewers yeah, and my core might be 800 to 1200 where they're just going to tune in for whatever. The good news about that is between that 800, 1200, maybe even 600 is there's enough people in chat that it, it creates its own entertainment factor with themselves. And if your numbers get too low and you are even entertaining, but it isn't something that they're really interested in. If they feel as though they're, they're not getting engagement in chat and other people have things to talk about or to pog about or to loll about or to whatever, they're far more likely to leave your channel and go where the crowd is because people want to feel connected. They want to be part of the crowd. Dude, you know or, what it is? It's the analogy, just to interject here before you continue. It's you know, my analogy I've used a thousand times before. You walk into a house party. You don't really know that many people. You're just showing up at a house party. Maybe you got invited. It's like a university party or some shit. You walk in the house, and there are groups of people all over the house. You know, you get pockets of different types of different flavors of people, but you don't really necessarily know them. Every person will gravitate towards the largest group of people if they don't know what's going on. They will simply assume that by uh, by virtue of the most people being there, that the most exciting shit is happening there. And that's exactly what you're describing. Yeah, not that. only that is is they can also blend in more there. They don't stand out as much. Yeah. You know, it's it's there's safety in numbers. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, you know, if in case, you know, it's just the way it is. So, yeah, uh, I probably won't be playing it for that specific reason. If I had 800 people... Fuck, if I had 500 people watch me play that for more than... Because I'm sure I could. If I booted it up after some RP, I'd probably have a decent amount. But, I mean, I got to I gotta role play for six, eight hours uh, or or longer. And then what? Go into pl- and play two hours of a game that's 100 hours long? Yeah. Uh, it's not going to happen. Uh, and, and, you know, even if you do really well, you might just do really well for the first few hours and it just taper off. And that's just how it is. Because if they're going to watch you play 20 uh, uh whatever this fuck there and 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 there ain't much people there they're gonna go and watch fucking cold carnage go and play it with forty thousand people and be part of that experience opposed to the experience that you explained where it's just like downtime and not always entertaining and not what you came here to watch. So, well, in fairness, that's also happening on Co's stream. Yeah, the yeah, difference is that there's so many people that the chat makes up for it, right? It's if people always, if people ever wonder why, why streamers put such an emphasis on a, an, on an active chat that's relevant to what's happening, it's because that is a very valuable metric and a very valuable. Uh, tool for when new people enter in, they see they a vibrant community that they can either A, like Jeff described, disappear into and not feel like they have to participate, or B, get involved in because it's an exciting place to be. Um, yeah, and that's and that's uh, not to not to spin our tires on this topic forever, but that's why in in podcasts past when we've discussed similar topics. Um, the idea of, of it almost always being better for you to pick one game and play that one game and grow a community in that one game and then spin out of it, why that's 
almost always more valuable is for that exact reason. You need to yeah. have traction that's bouncing just, around. At this point, like you, you have to. How else do you? You don't. Nobody becomes successful on Twitch by just becoming a let's player now in yeah. 2020. I can it's vouch a, for that specifically. Literally, a, I, if I a good day for me, I get five followers on a good yeah. day playing any game at all. Some games do better than others, obviously. Depends on what people are looking for. But on a good day, I get five followers. And the majority of them, um, the majority of them don't necessarily come back, you know, that frequently because they're well, for they, the they game. Were, they're for the exactly, game that you're there for. So, exactly, so, exactly. and the ones that you'll get the most followers for are the ones that are games that, that they're used to people just streaming that game all the time. Like No Man's Sky, I'll get... I'll get 5, 10, 15 followers every stream of No Man's Sky, even if I'm sitting in a starport for eight hours waiting for a cool ship to come in to buy. But then I could go and play uh, another game, brand new, doing a review of it. I've got my community in there, 90, 100 people from having a fucking banger party, and get zero followers on the entire day and stream 12 hours. So, and have that happen day after day with that specific game. So it's a, it's a complicated formula to play in. And it's one that I'm always grappling with because I love to be able to review games, but it's also a very difficult task to grow a community. So my in-between games of in-between game reviews is like the vehicle that I try to use to grow in between those games. It's yeah. obviously going to be slower than doing it in the reverse, but otherwise I'd never get a review done. You know, as it is, in a good month, I can review maybe two, if I'm fucking smashing through them, three games, if I'm just, if I bleed my eyes out. But if I did it in the reverse, where, like, you're describing, where for you, like, it would be RP for eight hours. And then I get to play two or three hours of a game that's going to take me 40 hours in total or more to beat. It's going to, I'm going to be fucking, like, reviewing one game a quarter. Yeah, what's the point? What's the yeah. point? So it's, it's, uh, it's a, a very challenging, uh, a very challenging, uh, problem to, uh, yeah. to have. Hey, listen, it, 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 if the viewers, if the viewers want to see you do something else, support when they do something else, you know, be yeah. engaged, get, give the same amount of support as you would, uh, when you're playing something else Literally, I can tell you definitively across the board through every metric. When you play a different game you're not known for, everything drops. Yeah. Everything. It's just, that's just the way it is. I don't know why. I do know why, but I mean, I don't, I, I, it's just, it, it's just, it is what it is. Nova War, going to be known for playing Morrowind in 2020, go. coming soon to a stream near you. See, but the, you know what? It's funny enough, if, if you made, if you were the guy, if you were the Morrowind guy yeah. that played a super, uh, clean Morrowind with all the great mods, and you know you had you you, you had guides and and you 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 got super into it, and and you you did you're like a completionist. If and, you sit down and, and go, you, I'm going to try and hundred percent Morrowind. If you did that, you'd probably gain traction. Yeah, you probably would. And then the moment after like two three months of doing that, and you're finally done, and you've melted for all you can. It's either then you then multi you then take that and then you go into oblivion and you do the same thing with oblivion to keep those Morrowind that that group that's that culture 
uh, that Here's a question effort. for you. Here's one that we've yeah. never talked about before, just because we have no fucking topics, and so why not? What, uh, what do you think, in, the, in, in terms of this, what do you think, and this is, you know what, I think this would be a super fucking dope metric for somebody to try and come up with a way to, to figure this out, and you could definitely do it if you watched Viewer Habits. How long does a new follower have to uh, be a part of your stream before they become a core member of your community? So when you were saying, for example, you do Morrowind and you grab the Elder Scrolls community guys at that point, right? And you have a bit of an umbrella there because you've got Morrowind, Oblivion, Skyrim, whatever. Yep. You go from Morrowind, you want to keep that going, it's going to take you some time, you hop into, into Oblivion and you continue. How long do you think with that idea where you're trying to keep, you're trying to increase your base, your, yep. your, 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 your bottom of the barrel line, like where you start yep. at. Yep. How long does a person need to be a part of your community, do you think, before they will decide to, to come and see you, you know, play damn near anything? I think it's an individual thing. Mm. Uh, but, but with that being said, um, I think that's the minority. So for example, if you, if you don't have a wow factor, right? So yeah. for, for me, my wow factor would, would have been ma- doing a master exploder or singing yeah. a song in auto tune or whatever. Right. Yeah. If they see that, they go, Oh, I'm sold on this guy. Hit the follow button. Some of them fucking sub right on the spot. Yeah. Some of them donate. That's it. They're there. Like that's yeah. they're, they're this is a guy. Why haven't I seen him before? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but then there's also the flip side where people are like God. This is awful. Uh, th- this is not what I'm here for. I I'm out. Right. So it works both ways. But if you're if if you if you're not the 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 type of person that has that it that like I don't want to say it factor because you've been in the game for so long you have an it factor. Every 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 streamer that is has something been doing this has something right. Yeah, but yeah. I mean sometimes that that it factor is is over the top and loud and abrasive and people like that and they gravitate towards that. I think somebody like yourself is, is I think the attachment would be a little bit longer because you don't have those um, juvenile or those uh, that extreme, uh, you know, holy fuck moments. A lot of the times you have those and they, they can happen naturally in a video game process but it isn't that thing where you turn off turn on like a switch when you want to no um and and so i i would say it's 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 however long it takes to create a habit with somebody so you know some people will see you and they'll go damn this guy is the shit uh and and i'm in you'll still have that even if you don't have that crazy it thing that you do some people will just go damn i like this dude you might say one sentence you might say fuck donald trump just randomly and they go oh <laughs> this is my guy i right? mean some people yeah some people might say that right and then some people might say no nah, this ain't my guy right uh he, he's a canadian he shouldn't be talking about american politics some people are like that and, and you're gone so you everybody still has that but i i think if you were to say you played morrowind and if I'm if I'm running your stream, so I, so I'm going to put me in, in your position, mm. and I'm going to go. Okay, I'm looking to grow here. All right, mm. uh, and I love Morrowind. It's a game I I absolutely love. Mm. My thing would be, you know, I'm going to be the Morrowind guy for the foreseeable future. Mm. I'm not talking about uh, No Man's Sky. Uh, I'm not saying, guys, I'm, I might I might play some No Man's Sky tomorrow night or Saturday night and take a break from Morrowind. I'm the Morrowind guy now. You know, mm. I might make comparisons to other 
uh, uh, RPG like games and, and shit like that. But I'm getting people invested into my show because the thing is, is especially when you're playing a game like Morrowind, and I I found this with RuneScape, is they want you to be hooked like they're hooked. They don't want you. That's the validation thing I was talking about earlier, right? They yeah. they they want you to think and play the way they think and play. Uh, or you need to be so good and they can learn something, but they still want to be within that that realm. And if you do that consistently enough, for some people that might be three days in a row. For some from some people, they might you might have an amazing Morrowind experience in eight hours and go, dude, if this guy keeps playing Morrowind, I'm all in. Shut up and take my money. This is it. This is where I belong. This is what I've been missing. Some people might not even totally be into Morrowind, but go, you know what? I've been watching Adam fuck around this thing for the last week. I'm kind of in now. Like, mm. I'm next thing you know what? They're downloading Morrowind and putting on mods and shit. So, like, if you want to grow, if it was me and I wanted to grow, if I know I'm going to, if I know I'm about to dedicate weeks of content or a month of content to a game, I'm going to at least fool the new people that come in, even if this isn't, even if this isn't my intention, this might sound weird or, or, deceitful but i might play on the act that this is what i do now and this is what i'm doing for the foreseeable future guys i might not say i'm doing this for three weeks and that's the show i'm 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 telling people i'm completing this game and they know that this game is going to take you six months to complete now even though you might not have any uh any 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 uh what's the word i'm looking for uh, you might not you, you might say, I'm not fucking playing this game for six months. Yeah, no intentions. No intentions. But you spoke it into an existence. And the crazy thing about it is, I did this on day one of RuneScape. Somebody paid me, Nail paid me $50 to play RuneScape, bro. I thought it was the dumbest fucking game ever. But I did it for 50 bucks. And then I got traction on day one. And you know what I told the community when, when my viewership spiked? I'm going to fucking complete every quest with no guide. I didn't even believe that shit. But I wanted to hook them. I wanted them to come in tomorrow. And then tomorrow came. I'm going to fucking get every guide, guys. And then I hooked even more people. I had no intentions, bro. I had no fucking intentions. I lied. But I, but I was almost hyping myself up for it. Because if the traction was good enough, I was going to do it. And then the next day, I said the same thing. And then I fell in love with the game. And then I go, you know what? I'm actually doing this now. And then one month turned into three months, turned into six months, turned into nine months. And then I became that guy, right? So if it was me and I was dedicating Morrowind, guys, prepare your fucking bodies. I might do a game review. I might, I might not, guys. I might be on this Morrowind train for God knows how long because this is a game I love and I'm going to fucking grind the hell out of this. Get on board or, or come back in a couple months when I'm done because this is, this is what it's going to be. And then if you get enough traction and then you follow through and you crush it, then you get them hyped about the next one. We're doing the same thing with Oblivion, guys. Prepare your bodies. You do the same thing six months later. We're doing the same thing with Skyrim. I'm going to mod the fuck out of it. Dude, I'm, I'm getting 100%. Next thing you know, you got three years of content and you're now that guy. And, and that's a way to build a, a community and one that all goes in the middle. Next thing you know it, your main game is Elder Scrolls, but then you take small breaks to do the other things and then you're going to fall into the same problem that we're talking about. You know, are those people going to go and watch me play Cyberpunk 2077? 
Uh, and that's just that's that's just it. It just takes time. It takes time. Yeah, t- yeah. I don't disagree with anything you just said. And what you just said at the end is quite literally what's likely to happen. Whereby I may not, I may review a game, I may not. Luckily, we're despite the fact we're at the end of the year. There's not a lot of fucking games coming up that I even had the uh, intentions of reviewing. So what I might do is I might do, I might relegate it to just some short indie game reviews where I'm putting it up on Patreon for people to vote for what to be done and then just do a review now and then. But otherwise I've told everyone in the community for years, I'd eventually do a Morrowind let's play. And so that's why I'm taking, that's why I took like 50 fucking hours. I've literally gone to bed at like 4am for like the last four days modding the game like crazy. Cause if I'm going to do it, I might as well fucking do it right. Do it right. Fuck it. Uh, so exactly. So yeah, that's, that's very likely what's going to happen to the point, like the metric thing about like how long it would take to like convert the average person into a, a long time, um, community member or somebody that stick around. Yeah. It's obviously individual, but there, there would have to be some kind of like, average to look at and you you just look at viewer habits i would say uh and obviously variables like you said as well but wow factors how often they happen to get somebody hooked like the odds of catching somebody with a wow factor during the time they're on your stream etc um but yeah i would say that it's probably somewhere between three <clears throat> weeks and three months. months yeah depending on Three yeah, weeks and three months, because it depends on the person, it depends on the content, and it depends on uh, on whether the person, or you know, some people take longer to form a habit, and some people yeah. take less time, and then there's the factors you mentioned. So, um, I think it's anywhere from three weeks to three months. Three weeks is like the standard form a habit thing. The trick is, not everyone is sitting down and watching a fucking stream every single night for three weeks, so it yeah. might take a little bit longer. But yeah, I think it's somewhere it's somewhere in there and it highlights it highlights the um the the need for streamers to be on like fucking all the time, which is unhealthy, yeah. but it it highlights that you need to you need to increase the odds that you're going to have somebody form a habit so that when you take a break, you don't yeah. lose 50% yeah of your subscriber base, which I yeah. I just saw somebody just to put a cap on this, I just saw somebody uh who had taken a break, she's an artist, took a break from streaming um, to just focus on some art for a while off of a stream. Uh, and by a while, I mean, it was only like, a, uh, I think it was less than a month that she was off and literally lost like 90% of her, yeah. subscri- uh, of her subscribers in yeah. that one period. Bro, I could not imagine <clears throat> taking a month mm. off of a stream, bro. Yeah. I feel guilty and I get anxious on a two day break. Yeah. Two days. Yeah. Let alone a month, like all the power to the people that can do that. And usually it's, it's really, really successful people where they're going, guys, I don't need the money. I'm fucking taking a break and I'm walking and I I'll see you when I see you. I need a met. I literally need mental because I just did this grind for the last five years and I've taken no time for myself. I'm out of shape. I'm not healthy. Uh, my mental's all fucked up. It's been a bullshit year. I got shit going on in my personal life. Uh, I'm really not particularly enjoying the game I'm playing. I need a break. And some people can take that shit and just walk away. But 
you have to be pretty much uber famous and set to to take a month off of Twitch and then come back as if I don't want to say nothing's happened, but as if like it isn't absolutely crippling to not only your viewership but your, but your bottom line. I mean, it's it's would be I couldn't fathom taking a month off unless I absolutely needed to uh like direly needed to it's just no no i'd come back to like you know my core i'd come back to like 800 subs yeah yeah you know and those a lot of those are people that are subbed and they they you know they're i do i have people that come into the stream once a year yeah just to show off their anniversary like i'm still supporting dude sorry i can't be around like those type of people that's Uh, that's pretty much what happened to me when i did my last move to come back here was the time that it took me to do the move because it had to happen in such a short time span. I didn't have any time. Like it was not an, it was not a smooth move by any chance, uh, by any means I had to do, spend all my time with it. Um, I'm still trying to recuperate from yeah. that and it's been a year. Yes. And I'm still trying to claw that back. Yes. I went from, I went from averaging, uh, you know, a hundred and 110, 130. And now I'm like 60 to yeah. 80. Yeah, and, and I'm still because I because I it wasn't even a break. I literally had no choice. I was yeah. being thrown out of the place that I was in and had to move, and I had no choice. But I couldn't stream. But it happened, and I'm but still trying to come back. Work, right? It's a break. Yeah, you're just gone. They, they broke that habit that exactly. you're talking about, yeah. and they created a new habit with someone else. And that's just that's just it. Yeah, it's wild. It's wild. Um. Oh my goodness, spinning out of there's no there's no segue to get out of that, but uh the last thing on this list is that uh Sony decided that they're gonna do a face swap for uh Peter Parker in the Spider-Man game for the remaster, making Spider-Man, of course, look more like Tom Holland uh than they did before. Um and it's been pretty divisive. Some people are, are for the change because Tom Holland is obviously a fairly popular Spider-Man. Other people were upset. Uh, and continue to be upset because they considered the uh, the Spider-Man on the PS4 to be kind of its own story arc, and they had like they were attached to that character. And now that you're swapping the model, it's it, it feels fucking weird. Which I can understand if I'm in the middle of a, of a franchise and I think that this is a branch off, and then all of a sudden, like Dwayne the Rock Johnson gets swapped in for my character model uh, out of nowhere, it feels a little fucking weird. Um, like I, I can kind of understand that, but I also understand why Sony would put Tom Holland's face in the game as well. Uh, but it just continues to highlight how weird this Spider-Man game, like this update has been. And to, uh, to, to just expand on that, we, we talked briefly about how crazy uh, the process has been, uh, in terms of people trying to understand how to upgrade their PS4 edition if they're getting a PS5. And, um, so, <laughs> Insomniac responded to somebody on Twitter trying to describe to them how this works. I'm going to read the original tweet, then Insomniac's uh, reply, and we're going to see just how crazy or just how fucking weird this sounds and if it even 100% makes sense. So, the original tweet was, Spider-Man, Miles Morales, Ultimate PS5, is the same as Marvel's ulti- uh, Marvel's Spider-Man Remastered. Spider-Man Miles Morales Ultimate PS4 
is a free PS5 upgrade plus Marvel's Spider-Man Remastered. Um, however, Insomniac then interjected and said there is no Ultimate Edition on the PS4, though. So, you can get a P- get the PS4 edition of the game, upgrade to PS5 for free. If you get the disc version, you must have a disc drive PS5, though. So you need the disc, the disc version of the PS4 game plus the disc version of the PS5 console. Then, from inside the game on the PS5, you can upgrade to the Ultimate Edition on the PS5 from your PS4 copy, downloading it for Miles Morales, uh, or no, for the, the Miles Morales thing, for $20. So, it's like a fucking flowchart for this upgrade. People are wondering how they get the upgrade, what they even get for it, how much money they need to, to spend to get the Miles Morales uh, addition to it, whether or not they get the remastered original uh, Spider-Man game from the PS4 along with it. It is fucking all over the place. The fact that they even had to specify that you need to have the disc version of the PS5, Yeah, you've already lost me. Why yeah. in the shit... Does it have to be that specific? It's to crazy. Sell disc versions. <laughs> Just it's why? It's crazy. Uh, Moonhell asks, "Hey, if Spider-Man was on the Xbox, how would that process go?" Well, this is how it would go. Uh, do you own the Xbox One version? Yes. Okay. You can now play it on the Xbox Series X, and for twenty dollars, you can get the Miles Morales edition. No, it would go. Hey. Oh, no, no, sorry, sorry, you go, hey, all of it's it. on the Game Pass. There you go. Don't worry about it. There you go. <laughs> there you, you almost missed a golden opportunity. That's, that's definitely the way it would go. It would say, we're just going to put this shit on the Game Pass. Done. Yeah. All over. Uh, so, yeah, a bit of a fucking gong show. They're really struggling to be able to, like, have people understand exactly how the process works. You can understand why that might be confusing for consumers, because holy shit. Um, that's a mess. So, uh, yeah, bit of a gong show there, but regardless, hey, you're now going to have Tom Holland, Peter Parker. So, yay. Jeff, it's time. Time to sell out. You ready to do some sell out? NordVPN. If you guys don't already have a VPN service, type in exclamation NordVPN. And if you're watching this on YouTube, it's in the description. Or you can go to nordvpn.com slash OTT and get 68% off on a two-year term Mm. and get a bonus month for free. Stay safe. Stay anonymous. Stay protected on the internet through NordVPN with up to six simultaneous devices. High-speed servers. You can not only keep yourself safe, but you can unlock parts of the internet you may not have gone to before. <sighs> Stop getting region blocked. Fight that. The click of a button. Change where you are virtually and unlock the content behind that door. Mm. Also, Mr. Black, we have Elgato. Hold on. I got a problem, Mr. Black. Okay. I got a fucking problem. You see... I'm a big Spider-Man fan, okay? And 
Insomniac made a really fucking dope Spider-Man game. And they look to have another very dope expansion to this game coming up. The Mm. problem is the purchasing process for this game is incredibly difficult. Mm. And I need a visual aid to be able to figure out how I am going to make this happen. I'm a visual learner, Mr. Black. How is, is there any products available to me that I could have some images with nested other images, a nice flow chart visually showing me how to properly upgrade to the Miles Morales edition of Spider-Man? Yeah, so that 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 item you're looking for is is an Elgato product by the name of Stream Deck. Mm. And you're probably going to want to pick up the XL version okay. because there's more buttons uh, up front, right then and there. This is a big flowchart. It's a big flowchart. So it's true. Basically, you can have a new picture for every step you need to take to play this Spider-Man game expansion, whatever this thing is. So, for example. You could have the first button that when you click it, it takes you to Amazon to go ahead and purchase your 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 Xbox, mm. right? And then when you get to that Xbox page, you got to make sure that you click the second button, which will actually open up your Xbox Series X that has the disc because you're going to need the disc drive specifically. Then you're going to want to click another button that will... Uh, get that shipped to your house and will remind you to update that Xbox Series X so that you can download whatever it is that you need to download to add on to your already existing Spider-Man game that you already had. Now, in case you don't already had that, you go back three buttons, you click that button, it'll purchase the original Spider-Man game for you, all right? And go back up now four more buttons. You're going to click that button, which will then download and install the expansion. And then from there, you'll need to click another button that'll take you to a page on Amazon for a $250 hard drive because that download expansion will likely be 200 gigs and you only have so much space and you probably already have other games on there, including the base that you need to have on there just to have the operating system running on that bad boy. So now you're not only down a $200 and $300 console, but now you're down $250 on the hard drive, and then you're also down another $100 on the game. Uh, and then, you know, you might also have a button on there that'll take you to your ISP provider to get a data increase, or if you want to get crazy with it, you get a button that'll take you to NordVPN where you can then buy a virtual private network using the promo code OTT and saving 68% off so that you can mask your IP so that your ISP provider doesn't data cap you from the amount of gigs that you're putting on your $250 hard drive. Mm. Mr. Black? Yeah. What if you know, Halloween is coming up and unfortunately... It's not likely that many children will be going door to door in the current COVID-19 climate. Personally, I've never been one to want to get dressed up. But Mm -hmm. hey, I am, after all, 
a Spider-Man fan. And as it turns out, even Spider-Man himself is putting on another face in Tom Holland. If Mm. I want to make myself look like Spider-Man and maybe even do some web slinging in a city, maybe Mm. even in Honolulu, Hawaii, just for the sake of having a change of scenery, what could I use? You could definitely use an Elgato key light and an Elgato green screen. That's going to give you the ability to sling them webs in many different places Mm. whenever you want. That's all you need is an Elgato green screen and a key light if your lighting just ain't right. Or they also have a new product, which is the Elgato ring, where you can get your, 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 your light ring that just goes right around your webcam. If you like phone. it, you better. Elgato get one. Put a ring on it. Ooh, <laughs> I like it. So yeah, link is in the description below. Go check out Elgato. That's all they're getting. Boom. Patreon.com slash lag TV. You guys should go there. Do it. Make it happen. Mr. Black, it's now time for Movies and TV. Amazon's Lord of the Rings production apparently is getting back in gear as obviously that's been on hold for, well, again, obvious reasons. Like many production uh, productions around the world right now. Shit's on pause. Yep. So there's not really any new crazy news to go along with it, except to say that they have begun production again, whatever that means. That could mean that somebody is officially getting coffee for the producers first thing in the morning, and that's it. We don't know. All we know is that it's technically back in production. Uh, I had forgotten that was even a thing. I didn't. I knew it was, I know. I know it's coming. I, I forgot I forgot that, that was even I, I hope they do well by it. I mean that's a lot to live up to, to say the least. Uh next up, a Resident Evil Infinite Darkness teaser popped on, showing a th- what they're calling a 3D anime, not animated, they stuck with the with the term anime. 3D anime series coming to Netflix in 2021. I'll 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 wait for the live action Resident Evil. Not really. They're moving into 3D anime so that they can continue to use Mila Jovovich for the next 50 to 60 years. Hey, good on her. She gets a paycheck and it's she a steady She locked that one. up. Yep. And now she's doing Monster Hunter. There you go. As well. Killing uh, it. The, congratulations Mila, who's apparently I mean, she doesn't age. She has aged very well. I keep forgetting that, you know, like you see her in like uh fucking the fifth element. And then you mm. realize how long ago the fifth element was. Mm-hmm. And then you watch her in Resident Evil and Monster Hunter and you're like, damn. Get fine it. Wine. Fine wine. Uh, speaking of fine wine, Borat 2 coming October 23rd in surprise uh, reveal. So they kept that one for obvious reasons. Anytime Sasha Baron Cohen is going to do something that's undercover, even as a character that people would recognize at this point, you got to keep it on the low low because it only works if he can operate in character and trick as many people as possible into believing that he is really and truly a fucking crazy ass motherfucker from Kazakhstan, which he apparently did again. 
Great. Uh, bro, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta be honest with you. I think Sasha Baron uh, Cohen is a goddamn genius. He is. And, and, and this is, you know what? I could use a little bit of Borat too in my 2020. Uh, I watched the trailer. It looks amazing in the sense that they knew going in, obviously, if he's going back to America as Borat, people would recognize him. So the difficulty level, much higher than it was the first time. And yet they still managed to pull off some shit. Dude, he is living for a period of time with like the most Southern rednecked, of course, those are the Republican the hardcore in like their home is interior is done to look like a log cabin. They're like, and he's living with them, walking around in his underwear and shit. Dude, it looks fucking magnificent. And I can't wait to watch it. Um, so yeah, 23rd coming up for, for more of Sasha Baron Cohen in a banana hammock. Perfect. <laughs> Who else gets to wear a banana hammock and get away with it? I'm pretty no sure one. only Sasha can get away with wearing a banana hammock. Uh, and finally on my list here, uh, because as usual, there's not been a crazy amount of stuff going on in the uh, TV and movie uh, industry. Disney, after firing 28,000 employees decided that they would make an announcement right smack dab in the middle of the first U.S. presidential debate to bury it as deeply in the news cycle as humanly possible, (laughs) that they would be renewing their C-level employee salaries to pre-COVID levels. Because fuck you, that's why, is is my best answer for you. They were still getting paid. It's not like they weren't getting paid. They were still getting paid and probably a shitload of money, but it was yep. less than they made before COVID. And now that they fired 28,000 people, man, did they free up some capital. And the first thing that they did was pat themselves on the back and give themselves a free hand job for thinking of the genius idea of firing 28,000 people to free up the money to pay themselves some more money. Isn't it swell? Mm. Isn't it fucking swell? Makes you feel good on the inside, isn't, it? isn't that? Isn't that just? Isn't that just capitalism and its fucking finest? It's like up, up here. Uh, it's like uh, what was it Bombardier who was given? I think it was Bombardier. He was given a billion dollars uh, to to help weather the storm, and the first thing they did was give bonuses to their entire sea level. And you're like, you know, <laughs> really, really, y'all couldn't wait one you, year. You couldn't like give yourself a bonus for actually doing something useful. Instead, you just gave yourself a bonus because you convinced the government to give you a billion dollars. Really? Uh, and that's all I've got. I still haven't. I still haven't watched uh, Devil All the Time, unfortunately. Um, yeah, Kale uh, and I have been watching um, Cobra Kai. Uh, I saw the first season before, so Kale had just finished the first season. Oh yeah, last night. So. After I'm done this, I got a couple of voiceovers to do, and then we're going to start season two. Mm, I've heard it's pretty good, season two. It's a good show. It's yeah. good show. Uh, did, did Netflix take over production when it came to Netflix, or is it just they um, bought them I, out? I think they might have bought bought them out, and I think now Netflix and them are creating a season three. Oh, okay. So, so yeah, I don't know. But they were on YouTube Red first. Yes, exactly. And, uh, yeah, and then obviously Netflix bought. Yeah, them. I remember using NordVPN to pay for YouTube Red in the I states to I watch that show. Yeah, I did too. 
This and was then, before we were sponsored by NordVPN. Ex- exactly. Uh, and then uh, I promptly canceled it upon completion. Yep. Uh, I guess that's it, which means it's time to move on to... Tech support. Wow, that was a... Uh, that was a short end to that one. Hungry and tired. I don't blame you. Uh, each week, ladies and gentlemen, patreon.com slash lagtv. $10 or more each and every week gets you into uh, the tier that you can, well, you can ask us questions. It's called tech support. Every week I put a post up uh, before the podcast starts up and you get to, uh, to ask us questions and we answer as many of them as we can. Let's see what we've got this week. Actually, before I forget... Uh, I had a question sent to me on Discord because they couldn't get to the page. Uh, where is that? Ah, what are your top three favorite smells and top three hated smells? Top three smells, top three hated smells. Yeah. Um, Best and worst smell edition. Hmm. Um, I love the smell of turkey dinner. Mm. Uh, so like, just like it's cause it's a combination of all smells Yep, and it's, it's a very distinct smell. Yep. Um, and usually it's, it's the, the dressing that kind of overshadows everything else just a little bit. It's cause it's all the spice in it. It's the thing that's got the most spice going on. I would say it's probably my favorite spell, uh, that my favorite smell. And also it's a good smell because it usually means time with family and a good time. So like, it's a smell that is also attached to a a good feeling and it smells great. So I'm going to go with Turkey dinner or like a Thanksgiving dinner smell. (laughs) I just Uh, realized right now that I didn't post on socials that we were doing this live. I just, just dawned on me now, but yeah, that's a good smell. That's a good start. I posted. Oh, did you? Oh, there you go. Um, Another smell, uh, I love the smell of lasagna. Mm. Uh, so I gotta go. I gotta put lasagna up there. Lasagna. Mm-hmm. And uh, fuck, what's another good smell? You know what? Third one. It's a dessert. Mm. Chocolate chip cookies. <sighs> Homemade chocolate chip cookies. You open up that oven door, and that smell just takes over. I mean, have you got, have you ever, have you ever done the, the thing where you're showing a, a, a rental property and before they show up to see the property, you literally bake cookies in the house to give it the smell before they show up. Oh no, I, I haven't seen that. I haven't done that either. Smart. That Smart. or bread. One or the mm. other. Mm. It's like the two home, home related smells. Homey makes you feel at home already. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the smells I don't like, I mean, I mean, I don't like, uh, nasty fart smells, you know, I mean, that's, that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, I don't like the smell of, I don't like too strong a smell of curry. Mm. So I don't mind the smell of curry, but I don't like it just completely covered my entire living area. Yeah. It can get, it can get, it can get potent. Yeah. I, I I'm not a big fan of that. Um, and I also don't like the smell of hard boiled eggs. Although I do like hard boiled eggs, um, the smell just kind of turns me a little bit. Yeah, it's kind of weird. 
uh, when there's just too much, too, too, too much of it. And I love me some eggs, but there's something about like hard boiled eggs. If there's, if I get too much of that smell, especially hard boiled eggs, um, that are in like fruit salads or like a, like a, like a cold salad. Mm. I don't, I don't like the smell, uh, the smell of that. So yeah, I'll go with those. Uh, all right. Favorite smells. Uh, there's two very specifically, uh, I'll combine. Oh, uh, well, I'll try and combine them. So down at the family home, there's actually three smells. If you go there at a very specific time of the year, usually in, in, uh, mid July, the multi-flora rose that, that got brought over on a ship a bajillion years ago that took over half the fucking area, uh, is in full bloom and the whole place everywhere you go is the most amazing, sweet, like it's, if you could, if you could imagine what, what, uh, like high fantasy Lord of the Rings areas, like the Shire would smell like, that's the fucking smell. That is, uh, that is the, the fucking smell. So that, and then the house itself has a very distinct smell because there's a lot of open pine in the house. It doesn't smell like pine, but because the wood has been open for fucking 200 years, it has a very distinct smell, and I love it. And then um, the dining room, which is more of a storage shed now because it's not being operated as a bed and breakfast anymore, is um, has a very distinct smell as well, Because, but it's a different smell. It's a smell I associate with, like, dad and doing work. So mm. the lawnmowers are stored in there. There's like old turpentine and paints and uh, various other shit, gasoline. And it's this weird amalgamation of like woodworking and yard work and all and like shit from like across 50 years all soaked into this open wood place that smells fucking awesome to me or it's got very specific memories tied to it memory smell yeah so that's so the moment that i walk in or that i get there two things i do is i walk into the house obviously take take bags inside and then i immediately go to the dining room just to smell the fucking dining room and then i'm like yep now i'm here lock the door go back in the house um and then as far as like other smells go like food related uh, I would say, even though I don't drink coffee, the smell of coffee is up there for me as uh, an enjoyable smell. If it's being brewed in the kitchen in one way or the other, doesn't matter if it's good coffee or bad coffee, doesn't really matter. The smell of most coffees are, you know, I, I, I enjoy the smell, uh, of those, uh, of those things. Uh, and then I would say... Oh, I, I was, you know what? I would agree that, that Thanksgiving dinner is probably really fucking high up there. It's good, man. It's fucking that or homemade bread somewhere in there, um, would be, would be it. And for smells, I don't like number one without question, rotten potato. I don't think there's a worse smell on earth than a rotten potato. It is so potent. And it sticks to anything. If you even get a dab of it on clothes or even your hand, it will stain that thing with the fucking scent of that for like two, three fucking days. It's crazy. You could dunk your hand into a container of bleach and that shit wouldn't take the smell out. It is a crazy potent smell. So rotten potato is definitely uh, the worst for sure. Um, And then other than that, uh, 
Oh, I mean, yeah, like you said, man, you're, you're, if you're just shitting yourself, sometimes you can't even take the smell of your own brand. Wow. Yeah, sometimes it's bad. Sometimes, sometimes it's, it's bad. bad. Yeah. Uh, and so obviously that's that's pretty pretty gnarly. And then the only other thing I could think of uh, right off the top of my head uh, would be cigarettes. Oh, yeah. I'm surprised I actually didn't say that. Cigar- I'm going to lump cigarettes and weed together. I equally can't stand either. Uh, like if I'm in the vicinity of somebody smoking uh, a fucking dart or smoking a fucking bat, it doesn't matter either way. I'm not going to be happy about it. Like I, I can't fucking stand it. And what's worse is because they do it on the regular, they, they're completely nose blind to the shit. So they don't, they don't even realize how strong of a smell it is. And always like, it's not that bad. It's not, you know, it's not really that bad. And so you can't even tell them otherwise, but uh, but yeah, the smell of cigarettes and cigars, I don't mind. I can live with some cigar smells, but cigarettes and, and weed is fucking uh, awful. And all I think of when I smell weed, which is more often now because it's legal, all I can think of is going back to high school and you'd walk down the hallway and there'd be hordes of stoners trying to cover up the fact that at recess they went out into the fucking woods and got a quick fucking like uh axe yeah and just axe just axe just came out at that time and it was the answer that everyone had to everything and the smell of weed and axe combined is forever burned into my olfactory gland every it's permanently in my nose and brain and it is a terrible terrible smell and they no. thought that they covered it up they're like oh, i didn't smoke weed i don't know what you're talking yeah, about yeah, you smoked weed bro it's okay <laughs> you're not fooling anyone it's okay um so there you go there's your answer to that one um alexa we actually answered this before but in terms of uh 10 years of light to be coming up anything planned the answer is not really um we're uh hoping to eventually hit that target on patreon to do to have the time to be able or, or to be able to make the time to sit down and maybe, do like tv maybe reacts we'll, maybe what we'll do is maybe we'll record a couple all right for the anniversary watch yeah. our favorite episodes and then if people love it they can go support it and we can do more yeah there you go that, that there that that is a more likely scenario um Uh, Will asks, have you thought about or talked about when you'd be, uh, you'd be making the podcast face to face again? We haven't talked about it and there's no real reason to do it right now. Thankfully we've, we have the equipment that honestly, as much as I love that road pro, uh, procaster, uh, a roadcaster mixer we have, the preamps on it are fucking hot garbage and our podcast sounds significantly worse on that hardware versus doing this over discord which tells you how bad as good as amazing utility wise as that thing is the preamps are fucking hot garbage shit and so this sounds better regardless so there's no you miss some of the like the interaction when you're not sitting in the same room but uh until covid is not a problem to do it there's no point there's no there is no there's no point to just like have that happen because it's, it's literally my life, uh, and Jeff's life where we've got the two ends of the spectrum, even though there's like one case in this entire province. Yeah. Jeff's got uh, a toddler. I've got the opposite end of the spectrum, a 97 year old grandmother 
There is literally no reason to risk it just for the sake of sitting in the same room for three hours on a weekly basis when it doesn't really change yeah, things that I much. I agree. Um, um, well, Nikki asks our, uh, our website guru, Nikki, Mike Morheim gives you creative control. That would be a terrible idea. Creative control to develop a game that will be the future of RTS. What are some ways you evolve RTS and take it into a new generation of the genre? Mmm. Jeez, that's a... I don't know how you evolve it, but I have ideas as to what I think would help make RTSs more accessible. Um... Or accessible while still having a high enough skill ceiling, I suppose. Um, I think the first thing that you've got to do is that you've got to, you've got to, when you're developing the game, loosely pick what you think the average game time is going to be and not be too long. There were, uh, there was points, I think it was in the first expansion of, of StarCraft 2, where the games were averaging like fucking 40 minutes. They were just marathon matches and shit. And the average person is, does not want a multiplayer match to necessarily constantly go 40, 45 minutes every single time, especially if there's any amount of downtime in between matches. Um, so I would probably, I would say that for RTS to target a 20 minute average, is probably what I would go for, for every match. Yeah, and then, and fifteen to twenty minutes, uh, I would yeah. say, is good. And then, and then you you mold your mechanics or the speed of the progress of of resource gathering and building times around that, and the power and mobility of the units in order to accommodate that kind of speed. The next thing that I desperately would like to to see uh, be more of a thing in RTS uh, to increase the skill ceiling uh, and make it perhaps not so much about controlling 3,000 units, uh, but controlling, let's say, um, 50 to 60 or 50 to 75 units more efficiently. Um, I wouldn't go all the way down to where they, what was that game that we played? You talked about it last week. What was the fucking name of it again? Like your mech units? Drop zone. Drop zone. I wouldn't go that far down. That's too, too few. But yeah. I would say around, I would say around 50 to 75 units. What I would like to see is more environmental impact. And I think that maps, I think there's a, I think there's something to be said about having maps that have more environmental effects. Uh, and the, the one that I always bring up just as a thing to like easily understand what I mean by environmental effects are things like, let's say ice and your units are moving across ice and there is a movement change based on the fact that they're on ice. Maybe when you click to stop, they slide a little further that can fuck with the fog of war that can slide you into a siege unit that can give your position away. That can also change how you work with perhaps more mobile units that have distances in which they can uh, dash to a target, things of that nature. Um, I think that environmental things are probably one of the avenues that I would want to explore 
um, for an RTS I would be a part of. And then other than that, I think what you have to do is you have to, um, you have to come up with a way to, you have to come up with a way. The hardest thing about it is, is coming up with a way to hook people who aren't already interested in RTS. I don't know what that is necessarily. Um, but you either have to create community tools to have a great arcade system like Brood War had, for example, that got people playing the game, but less for the main game and more for the arcade stuff. StarCraft II had that, but they were kind of late to the game getting to that point, uh, mm-hmm. and they never really did implement it in a, in a great way. They got pretty good at it. Uh, but having su- stuff like that, and then having... Uh, I mean, all this is stuff Blizzard's already had. The original Battle.net, clans, the ability for people to create their own communities and easily access them and use them and operate within them. Uh, then you have people helping lower-end players learn the game, take them on, have individual like in-house tournaments, have all that stuff involved there so that it's not just such a rigid, cold experience. When I played Brood War... I didn't feel like it was a cold experience. There was a lot there that, that felt like community, and there was a lot there that gave me options where I didn't feel like I was just slamming myself into the ladder all the time. Um, StarCraft II, when I played it for the three, four months that I played it, just felt like I I was just slamming myself into the fucking ladder over and over again. And as somebody who was not a hardcore RTS player... That made it more difficult for me to want to get back into it over and over again because it was just... It became... Um, it became well, robotic instead of me actually feeling like I was part of you know part of a, a community for a multiplayer game. I think that that's probably the thing to focus on the most for me is because RTS is not something that that a huge number of people are interested in right off the rip um, compared to other genres. And if you're going to convince somebody to give you money to do it, you have to take that into consideration. Is that you have to make it accessible. How you do it, there's a lot of different ways, but accessibility has to be it. And that's really it. If I could take StarCraft 2 and slap environmental effects onto maps to add variability and maybe uh, reduce the the unit count and speed the game up a little bit, um, that's probably it. StarCraft 2, for as much shit as I've given it over the years is a fucking incredible RTS that nobody has cl- come close to 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 matching from a technical perspective. It's just yeah. not even close. So you're pretty much just leapfrogging off of what StarCraft 2 has and taking some of ironically what Blizzard had before StarCraft 2, adding it on and then just making it a little bit more accessible for people who don't have the attention span or perhaps the the want of slamming themselves into the wall of ladder over and over again to learn the game and just want to be part of a community and have some fun. Um, I think those are probably the biggest growth avenues for it other than esports. That's a totally different topic, but other than the esports side. Hmm. Uh yeah, I mean I agree. Uh StarCraft 2 is uh the greatest RTS ever made. Yeah. Uh it's better than Brood War. Uh it might not be as iconic as brood war but it is a better game yes uh, mechanically speaking 
um, just about in every conceivable way. Yeah. Uh, balance. That's another, that's another topic, but I mean, it's, it's, it's the goat. Um, but with that being said, I think what the question is, is like, what could you do to bring it? What was, what was the word that they use? Like to, um, be the you know uh evolve basically trying to evolve the rts yeah like the thing is 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 it's hard to evolve a game that is already the top of its class by a significant margin i think if starcraft 4 came out for example say michael morheim uh wanted to create another starcraft game uh which he couldn't because it's a blizzard ip but i'm just you know for or or for example he calls it fucking i don't know morheim world all right. And it's it's another it's another RTS, very similar to StarCraft. But in this case, we'll say it's StarCraft. If Michael Morheim creates another game or gives me money to create a game, which would be awful, but I'm for <laughs> the sake of this question, um, you can't just make StarCraft again. Because for one, it's already a thing. And for two, people just aren't the masses aren't interested in StarCraft. Um, the question is, is how do we get people interested in a new RTS? And I'm with you. Um, Starcraft two could use environmental stuff, uh, like now, like they could come up with an expansion and make that a big part of the game. But I think if you were to make, uh, another, another RTS, you'd make another Starcraft. But what I would do, um, is I would make like what you said the environment a lot bigger part of the game and so much so that it would be similar to league of legends so i'd be taking a page out of league and taking the rts game that already works but implementing it into a map like league of legends so both sides have their bases but also now instead of destroy every uh structure and you win it's hey destroy this nexus your main nexus or your core destroy your command center or your core or destroy your hatchery your core um where it's basically your hub and 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 the the game would have to have a moba element to it so um i'm not talking about having hero units so they don't exist but the world itself to get to that base to, to each other's bases, you have to not only destroy your opponent, but destroy the map and you have to work your way to that. And there's many different paths that you could take to get to that, to that battle or to that core hatchery or whatever, and make it more of, you're not just playing against the player on the other end, but you're also playing against the house. And it just so happens that because you're playing against the house, you also have to worry about the player. And, you know, there could be creeps. There could be packs of units and different areas that you need specific types of units to get through. Maybe you need cloaking units. Maybe you need uh, something that has the ability to, that has a big, big armor or a flying, flying units. And the maps would change um, and those creeps would change so that it's not the same every time. And you would only be able to see those things as you're going through the fog of war. So it'd be very similar to campaign mode of Starcraft, uh, but within the game of 
the the uh, of the RTS so that you're you're you have this element of 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 MOBA, but you have it is an RTS. And I, I think that would be the closest way that you could get casuals to join it uh, to a degree where people feel as though, you know, they're not getting six pooled or dying within, you know, a couple minutes. Now, the, that would make the games longer. So you would be looking at 30 minute games, 45 minute games potentially. But I think it would engage the audience a little bit more. Um, but that's that's pretty much it. And to be honest. It's not even a game I would want to be to be fair. It would be trying to play pander towards a larger audience that has enough from familiarity. Is that the word? Uh, uh, yeah, familiarity. F- familiarity as say League of Legends or a MOBA. Yeah. So that they feel as though that they can bring some of those skills and that knowledge uh, and that experience to an RTS to get them hooked into the RTS uh, game. But honestly, dude. If you want to make a better StarCraft, uh, give it back to Michael Morheim, balance the game correctly, stop adding in stupid units, uh, and and change up the maps a little bit. Make them more engaging. And you have a better version of what is already the top dog. Yeah, I think uh, like a perfect RTS for me right now that I would want to engage with personally or watch as an eSport because I don't know if you can do an RTS right now that doesn't have the idea that it needs to be something that an eSport could be easily built off of uh, because you, I think you would need the traction of an eSport and, and Twitch yeah. and YouTube yeah. to make it work. Is um, I actually think it's closer to Warcraft than it is StarCraft. Yeah, uh, Warcraft unit counts are better. Um, the hero units add an extraordinary amount of, of uh, variability uh, to the gameplay that just having regular units does not. And I like your idea, uh, and I'd build off of it, where you take... Because what I, what I miss in uh, to compare StarCraft in 2 and, and Brood War was how creative you could be in victory. Yeah, Brood War had more creativity. And... Uh, while I appreciate the fact that some people look at RTSs and they want to they want to make it chess, um, where there is a finite number of moves to be done, and yeah. so there's variability, but only to a degree. Yeah. Um, I would prefer uh, something, and the map is probably the easiest way to do it. The hard part would be to make whatever was happening on the map equal to both players. Yeah. Yeah. But to change it up so that you can't just go into a match, for example, let's say a StarCraft II match, and you know what map you're on, and you know what race you're against, and you go, okay, this is my this is my play. And have that just be it. Um, unless you scout something differently, for example. Yeah. That kind of variability. But if the map is changing, and it's changing for both sides, or let's say that um, that there are uh, similar to League, like you were saying, there were spots on the map that a player could go and let's say they uh, destroyed something. And in destroying that thing or killing that thing, um, that had ramifications on the map that changed the map that maybe would play better to whatever strategy they wanted to take. Uh, or maybe that's later in the game and it helps them at that point in the game. But more map variability, more environmental stuff on the map, hero units, uh, and lower unit counts, 
yeah. and with hero I, units, yeah. with with hero units, my god, I mean, we all know how much people love to customize their shit. Let them customize customize their hero units. Give them the ability to do that shit. Leave the, you know, regular units alone if you need to. But, you know, there are things you can do with hero units that you can't do without them that, that are nice to have. StarCraft got into the game late as fuck with skins. Um, but, you know, that, that kind of thing. But from a gameplay perspective, make the map more variable to add variability. Make it fair yeah. to both sides. And, yeah. then, uh, and then lower unit counts, hero units, and uh, tighten that up to a 15, 20-minute, maybe 30-minute game. And you're good. I think the game length isn't as difficult to get people over. Like if you had a 30 minute average game, meaning you have like some 20, some 40. Yeah. As much as downtime between matches. If your yeah. game is going to be popular enough that you're, you're confident that it's going to be popular enough that somebody's downtime is minimal between matches, that overcomes a lot of the game length. Otherwise, you need the games to be shorter so people don't feel like they're wasting, you know, all of their time waiting between yeah. matches. Yeah, I mean, just give us Warcraft 4. I mean, that's, that's pretty much what, that's that's pretty what much we're what asking for right for. now. It's an evolved uh, Warcraft. An evolved Warcraft with yeah. a little bit more Warcraft 2 elements, but uh, at the same time, Warcraft 4. That's that's pretty much what it is. So anyway, exactly. next one. Let's do one more. Let's yep. do one more in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, Hold on here. Uh, Loose Caboose asks, if you could, what would you make Todd Howard's leather bomber jacket say now that Microsoft owns Bethesda? Sell out. (laughs) (laughs) Why not? Um, I would have it say, um, uh, it's not a feature, it's a bug. Instead of it's not a bug, it's a feature. Mm. I'd flip I'd flip the meme and be like and be like, oh, we're just shit at making games, so uh it's not a feature, it's a bug. I like it. And for the very last thing, uh Danish Devil, for my buddy that's also been a longtime lag TV watcher and podcast listener, hit me up with the sound of finally passing your journeyman's exam so that you can no longer work or no longer have to work for your dick of a boss. And can actually earn a wage that you deserve, but also finding out that you only passed by one question. Let's fucking go. That's pretty much it. That's it, baby. And then you leave the office. Yep. Say, I quit. (laughs) I'm out of here. There you go. Ladies and gentlemen. It's another Tech Elf podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed that one. It was a, a shorty. We uh, we dragged around as long as we could. Shorty. Uh, well, and, well, Wasn't that short? didn't have as many topics as usual. We did two and a half hours though. We made it happen as yeah. only we can. Uh, we will be back next week for more Technical Alpha. Until we see you guys, then thank you so much once again for all of your support. Hit the uh, the like button. Give us a comment on YouTube. 
Hit the bell icon so that you can get notified and do that in the first hour of these releases. They go up every Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the dot. I will, uh, I will be getting that up for you guys real soon. RSS feeds go up the same night as the podcasts are live. You've, uh, you've been good to us. Please continue. Because I just bought a lot of expensive shit this month and I need you to. We'll see you guys next week. Until then, thank you once again and peace. Peace. Hi, this is a special technical alpha where I come back and I say, Hey, for some reason, that wasn't the entire track. And so now, without further ado, here's the entire track. I'm also going to remind you that for those of you that have a NOS network drive that likes to go to sleep when it's not used for a while, that it can cause things like having to wait for it to spin back up before you can play your music. But now, and for real this time, it's the theme. (laughs) 